0: Welcome to the captain's run. Now, Smitty, we've got him on the... I'm actually... I've got a a Barry Crocker, people. I'm not on the Gold Coast today because... Mate, where are you? Look, I've let you down, Smitty. It's the first (laughs) time all year. I haven't made a single error all year. I think this may be the first one. Uh, But I booked flights a couple days ago on Monday, and I thought, Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see Smithers. I can't wait to see him. Get to uh, yesterday, had everything planned, ready to go to the airport. Bags packed. Bags packed excited, can't wait to see Cam, and uh, go to check-in. And they're saying, your check-in isn't open for another 24 hours. And I thought, that's strange. I can't believe Jetstar has dropped the ball. (laughs) And I was like, I must have to check in there. So I was like, kept packing, kept getting ready to go. And I went back and I was like, I'm just going to make sure that I didn't drop the ball because Mm. this may be a disaster. Went back, checked, booked the wrong day, Smithy. Booked the wrong days. Oh, no. And also, there were no flights. You know what? Actually, Smithy, there was one flight. And I oh. sat. I and I sat and stared at it for like probably ten minutes. Yep. It was a business class fight. It was 12, oh. it was twelve hundred dollars. Yep. And I stared at it for too long, and it went. Oh no. And I was like thinking, oh, should I do it? Should I not do it? And then
1: I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But anyway, Cam, how are you, mate? How All you good. going? All good. I'm going good, mate. I'm going good. And you know what? I'd love to have you up here in studio, but technology these days, as everyone knows, we can we can do it. Face to face over a bit of uh, Teams or Skype or whatever we're doing today. I'm not too sure what we're doing, but our voices are going out to our listeners, which is the most important thing.
0: Absolutely. Now, there's been uh, how's the week been since obviously you, the incredible week last week. Yep. What's it like now? Because Origin's over, you get to relax a bit now. I know you want to play a bit of golf. You've been struggling to get it on the <laughs> on the course, yeah, but yes. how's it been since uh, the Origin victory?
1: Oh mate, it's been great, and and just you know being up here in Queensland in particular, you know everyone's really happy after the boys had a really great win in game three, um, and it's always nice coming off uh, knowing that you've got the shield in in your hands for the next twelve months at least. So um, oh look, it's been good, it's been good, and but you know we're back into the um, swing of things now with normal footy, and and is in the uh, the latter stages of the competition, and I tell you what, it's it's starting to heat up the. Um, the comp and, and the positions on ladders, they're starting to change a little bit. Um one of the heavyweights, Melbourne, three losses in a row, Kempi. Uh oh. Um, and results, you know, pending over this weekend. We we may find another team in the top four. Possibly, possibly. Can we even think about it? Your men.
0: Oh, Wow. Don't get me don't get me excited, Smithy. <laughs> don't get me excited. Could you imagine the Brizzy Broncos oh, oh. in the top four and a storm not oh, Wow, wow. All um right. now. Some huge, huge news uh, overnight. Uh, Recently, uh, Mm. well, not overnight, uh, over the last few days, Victor Radley has decided that he would like to play for England. Now, Victor Radley's father was Mm -hmm. born in Sheffield in England, and the World Cup is coming up. Now, with Victor Radley choosing to play for England because they are a Tier 1 nation, he -hmm. can now no longer play for Australia, and he now can no longer play for New South Wales. First of all, thoughts on uh, Radley, who was a part of the New South Wales squad. Uh, choosing to play for England.
1: Yeah, well, it's understandable, right? If you, if your father's born, or any of your parents—not just your father—but if your parents are born in another country, and you and you feel as though you feel strongly enough that you'd like to represent the country of of your parents' birthplace, then that's—I've got no drama with that. I think the eligibility rules around um, then going to play for another nation, as far as um, state of origin, and then in the future. You know, representing Australia. I think that's for me. That's the confusing part. Given, you know, Victor was born in Australia. He plays out here. Um, he was in the New South Wales squad this year. Um, there's a lot of grey area in in this subject, isn't there, Kempi? Mm.
0: Oh, mate, absolutely. And it's it's a really really tough one because I'll be I'll be a hundred percent honest. As a Queenslander and an mm. Australian, mm. I there's a a big part of me that says, Nah, hang on a sec. You want to play origin, you got to play for Australia. I, yep. I I love this country. I love my mm-hmm. state. Uh, mm-hmm. And I that's how it much it means to me. And I want everyone else that plays in that jersey, even though I didn't play in that jersey. But if I was yep. to play in that jersey, I want them all to care about the country as much as me. So that's the yep. the traditional side of me, the guy that's purely thinking selfishly, purely mm-hmm. selfishly. But there's another side of me that understands the changing landscape of rugby league. Yes, You know, we're looking at some. I think it's like over 50% have yep. Polynesian heritage. Yep. Uh, and so I can understand as a game that it may be more healthy for us to consider looking at eligibility rules again. Now, I don't mean just scrap mm-hmm. it and say it's a free-for-all and you can just play for whatever you want. Yep. But I, you know, is there a, a situation or a scenario where we say, okay, look, if you've been here since you were 13 years old, you can play for your state, as in being in that state. Yes, and then you can also play for whatever country you are, only because of the changing landscape. So I'm, because of the changing landscape, I'm leaning more towards that side of things to help grow the game internationally.
1: But I wanted to get your thoughts on the whole situation, Smithy. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I, I, like, is there a, is there a right answer or a wrong answer? I'm not too sure. Um, I, I think from a point of view of like, let's just take this year for an example. So Brian tooe he plays for New South Wales in all three state of origin matches, and that's that's fine. He he is the form winger for New South Wales and, and should have been there. But he won't be representing Australia at the end of the year. Mm. And I'll and I tell you a big chance of, of who will be there, and that's Josh Adokar. O'Carr. Now, we all know the situation there. Josh Adokar O'Carr missed out on selection in the New South Wales side this year. But we'll have a situation where in the World Cup, let's just say Josh gets picked, and I, and I really feel as though that's a huge possibility. Josh Adokar will be representing Australia in a World Cup but wasn't good enough to play... For New South Wales and the state of origin. Mm. Now, traditionally, you, you'd look at the state of origin, and they are sort of that's like a um, a selection sort of series to represent Australia at the end of the year. Now, I know it's not wholly and solely based on the series and and the team that wins, and even and even the performances throughout um, that series. But I, I'd like to think that it has a, it plays a, a fair role in that. Mm. So I guess when we, if we go down this path of Almost you know getting rid of the tier situation that Mal Meninger has tossed up and, and you know respectfully to Mal, like he's, he's been around the game for a long time. he's played state of origin, he's played international football. he's coached in both arenas. Um, so you need to respect you know, the, his, his opinions. Um, but by doing so, I think we're going to find our, ourselves in, in more and more of these situations. as you mentioned, Kempy, with, with, with so many more cultures being involved in our game now. So the Polynesian um, players, um, you know, the you know, there's Papua New Guinean players playing in our competition who are who are some of the elite players of our comp. Um, we're now having um, you know guys with like in Victor Radley's situation, family heritage over in England as well. We're going to be finding ourselves in situations where there's people or players representing our country that can't even get a start in our state of origin. Mm. So. I think this is where we need to make a decision around eligibility rules and I know that's it's been a discussion now for a long long time and they've changed. Mm. They they seem to change it you know every couple of years to to try and find out the best way to get around this sort of stuff but I think if we want to go down a black and white rule where everyone's clear on on who's eligible for who and this may hurt either state of origin or or international football but I think you just need to nominate like if you if you want to play state of origin if you want to represent Queensland or New South Wales which is a state of Australia then I think you need to be available to play for the kangaroos mm. I really do and I, and and from there I understand that if you're not selected for the kangaroos then you can play for your second nominated country mm. and I, and, and, and I, I I'm, I'm not saying i I'm not saying that um, that it's wrong to want to play for um, the country of your family's um, heritage, which which Mal Meninga has has mentioned. I, I completely understand that. But if you want to put your hand up and say, "Look, I want to play state of origin football," mm. well, you're representing a state of Australia. Mm. So if you're if you're willing and you're happy to play state of origin and take on everything that state of origin football gives you not to mention you know a large sum of money per match to play state of origin then you should be available for for Australia at least at least to be selected for them do you think
0: that that could potentially hurt the international game or are you i guess are you kind of in the mindset of some one one part of the game's getting hurt either origin or international game origin yeah exactly and so do you just kind of feel like well look origin you know there's a clear path to eligibility here, and and the logical sense would be it's a state inside Australia. So let's stick with that rather than potentially harming origin to lift up the international game.
1: Yeah, well, well, well I think you, you look at all the you look at all the current players, and you ask them who they'd prefer to play for first. It, it well, that, that's what that's that's maybe the question you need to ask is who who are you um, putting ahead of. Who is it? State of origin or is it your country? Mm. So if you're willing to play for, say, like in Victor Radley's case, I want to play for England, and I my feelings are that strong. I want to represent England, um, where my father was born, mate. That's great. Happy for you. Happy to um, improve. You know the quality of the England side. That's great. But you can't play state of origin now. Mm. I understand that, and and same for other other countries. If if I want to play for. Tonga or Samoa that's that's great that's great for the international game I completely understand that and that's your family family's heritage mm. but then that means you're ineligible for state of origin mm. so th- those people that are willing to play for the kangaroos then they have the opportunity to represent either Queensland or New South Wales yeah I'm so taunt, a, and I, and I know it's a it's a really difficult one it's, it's a really difficult one I just think it gets, it'll get really messy. If we open the floodgates and just say, "Look, do your best," mm. and just have one rule as to you have to be in Australia or in either New South Wales or Queensland by the time you're what what age did you say it was? Ah, uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that may just open the floodgates because because like in reality, in reality, we may get to a point in time. Let's just say ten years down the track, fifteen years down the track, where. There won't be a single person playing in Origin that will be playing for the Kangaroos. That is that is an absolute reality mm. in, yeah. in the next ten years. I I, I don't know. I, I look at the future of our game and I just think with with the amount of um you know um Polynesian players um playing in the NRL now with with you know how they're great athletes, they're wonderful footballers. You know, as I said, you know, guys from Papua New Guinea coming down, players with um, you know ties to England and whatnot. How how they're improving in their um, ability to play in the NRL. I just feel as though there may be a point in time, like down the track, where say so let's let's even say half mm. half of the half of the footballers involved in state of origin, they they will be representing other countries. Mm. It just it'll be a, it'll be a really really. Um, strange situation that we find ourselves in. So we just, I don't know, the next the next decision that we make or the or the next sort of, yeah, talks we have around this eligibility thing, it's, it's going to have to be really well planned out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, before walking in here, I would have been pretty, you know, uh, I mean, pretty open to going, look, you know what, if you've been here since 13, you can play Origin and then you can play for whatever country is your heritage. Mm-hmm. But you've made some really good points, you know. It would be very strange in 10 years' time if the if both sides were essentially filled with players that don't play for the country, and then later in the year we have an Australian side <laughs> yeah, that didn't that play Origin, that didn't play Origin. That's a really good point. Yeah, i I didn't think of that at all. I, I just assumed it would always stay the way it is. Is like you know, two to three players may decide to play for their heritage. Yeah. Not
1: a lot. Well, well, look, and, and mate, this is complementing. This is complementing the, um, the the Polynesian. Um, and as I said, Papua New Guinean and, and England players or guys that have that heritage, that's complementing where they are now with how good they are at rugby league, mm. and 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 the athletes that we're seeing in our game, like they they they're, they're doing so many great things in our game, but that's that's an absolute possibility. I'm just thinking, you know, long term that. If we open the floodgates and just say, look, if you're here by 13, no dramas, you can play for Origin, you can play in the state of Origin and you can play for a, a country of your choice. There is a really strong possibility that you will see maybe half of the players playing in Origin eligible to play for the Kangaroos. It would be a very, very strange thing to see. What about what about this? You have to put
0: Australia as your number one desired Team and I know that would frustrate some, you know, Tong and Samoan fans because they'd be like, "Oh, mm. once again, Australia gets all the good players and we just get left with the, you know, the players that don't make the side." Mm-hmm. But like a common ground of like, you can put if you put Australia as your number one, and if you don't make the side, then you can play for any country regardless of tier, and then come back. Would that be a, a common ground you think that could work? Or
1: oh, look, possibly, yeah, possibly, mate. And, and that's that's what I'm saying. I just I think we just. Need to be really careful with um, the decisions that we make in the near future with with this. Um, as you mentioned, and you're correct, you're you're absolutely 100 percent right that it's there's a changing landscape in in the NRL where we're seeing more players that are eligible to play for other countries playing in the NRL right now. And again, that that is that is um, that's that's um, saying like. These guys from from these other countries, like they're they're doing some wonderful things in our game, and as I said, they're some of the best athletes, they're some of the best footballers in our game. It's just it's a it's a really really grey area at the moment that that I think we need to get sorted. I think the players want uh, a bit more of um, an idea of where you can and can't play. I think the fans need a bit more of an idea as well. I think just everyone following the game can be like, look yeah. at our conversation right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think if you go around to 100 people, you'd probably have, you know, multiple different opinions on on what's right or what's wrong. Well, not so much what, what's right and what's wrong. It's just the, the various opinions that you get on this certain subject.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's, mate, it's so interesting. As I said, before walking in here, I just said, you know what? let them play for their heritage in Queensland and New South Wales. But putting that point there to real, like when you really sit down and go, you know what? That's a, that's a real reality. Like in 10 years, the Polynesian mm. boys, they're so impressive. PNG. Absolutely. You know, you know, yeah. people with different heritage that yeah. we could be looking at an origin without Australian, like as in people that played for Australia after. So
1: yep. mate,
0: really, really good points. We've got some text here though. It's uh, again, it's, it's a really, people are really passionate about this uh, topic. Um, the One-Eyed Tiger has te- texted in. He said, who would have ever thought that I would agree with Cameron on selection criteria for Australia? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like New South Wales giving two spots to players that don't want to play for Australia. Give it to two players that want to play for Australia. And then we've got another uh, text from Blady. He said, absolutely fair point, Smithy. You have to keep the integrity of the state, uh, the state name, New South Wales, Queensland. Otherwise... Yeah, it will be filled with no one from the respective states. Um, then there's another text as well, John from Bexley. Anyone mm-hmm. should be allowed to play for their country of heritage regardless of the state of origin appearances. There are two completely separate rep situations. So he's
1: on the other side of the fence. Yeah, well, there you go, Campy. And, and that's exactly what I said, mate. You grab 100 people and bring up this subject and there'll be various um, opinions on, on what they feel is the, the best way to go about it. Um, but I, I think just as a game we just we just need to clear it up. This this has been a confusing sort of area of the game for quite some time now. Um, to the point where, you know, you look at um, was it Ronaldo Molitalo last year. Mm. He was selected. He yeah. was selected to play Origin. He was in camp and then a couple of days in he was he, he was given a phone call and said, Actually Oof. mate, you're not eligible. Wow. This is this is how confusing the whole situation is. Yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> to wow. have
1: a bloke thinking like who grew up played in the junior, like the junior Queensland representative sides, representing Queensland in what, at 16s and 18s, I think it was.
0: And would have chosen Australia to play for, like he would have played for Australia.
1: Exactly. So this is what I mean. This is exactly my point. So let's just, the game needs to sit down and have a clear um, path for eligibility around playing state of origin and then what country you will then play for. Mm. I think a really good...
0: Again, this is really easy for me to say the NRL to spend their money. I, I get understand things cost money. But mm-hmm. one thing I would say is is that if we can get it from a young age where we make the rules really clear, but we give people with different heritages uh, uh, yes. equal opportunity to earn, you know, maybe not as much money as a Queensland and New South Wales game because it doesn't generate as much money, mm-hmm. but at least put enough money into Samoa versus Tonga, PNG versus FNG, so that those games can get propped up to potentially grow their own following. So, for example, anyone that knows anything about Samoa and Tonga know that they have a deep history. Um, I mean, they used to go to war against each other, not to say that that's yes. today. Yeah. So if you could if you could cultivate that and turn it into its own kind of state of origin, I'm mm-hmm. sure there would be... Like, I love watching Samoa versus Tonga. Oh, it's um, the best. And so I do think it's that the a, best. a way to kind of... Uh, make it easier for people with different heritages is if they had that to play instead of Origin, they may say, you know what? I don't want to play for Australia. I want to play for Samoa and I don't have to play Origin because I've got the Samoa-Tonga game. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got the coaching merry-go-round. We've got Mitchell Moses. How much is he worth? Tom Travojevich, bombshell. We've got plenty more to talk about. Dave for feeder. Uh, so stay tuned. Give us a text. 0457 736 736 or give us a call. 1300 01 1170. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We've got a caller here, Smithy. We've got Andrew from Newcastle. Andrew, you there, mate?
2: Yeah, g'day, guys. I love the program and a interest very interesting topic this morning. And I'm like that mm. last um, texter. I totally agree with with, with Smithy, which is probably the first time in my life as well. Good <laughs> um, on you, mate. <laughs> love you, Smithy. I'm a I'm a manly fan, so you can see where that's coming from. <clears throat> yeah, mate. But um I agree, like State of origin, sort of, you know, state of origin was always New South Wales, Queensland, and then the narratives change to the, you know, the best versus the best. But it's, it's littered with examples throughout history where they haven't been the best players in the comp; they've just been the most passionate that want to represent their state. Look at the '95 Queensland team, the you know mm. the twenty twenty Queensland team. They haven't been the best of the best; they've just been Queenslanders, um, and you know, in, in New South Wales players representing their state. So, for example, if Brian To'o and Jerome Luai decided to represent their heritage, which is fine, and they weren't involved in this year's series, if you replace them with Josh Adokar and Cody Walker, the, the mm. series wouldn't be of anything less, would it? You'd still got the same amount of... and maybe even more passion, who knows? But um, I just agree, you've got to be available for um, selection for Australia if you put your hand up for Origin. And, and that's the way it's always... Been and probably if you know if you ask Arthur Beatson and Tom Radonigas they'd hundred percent agree.
0: Mate, you know what? Again, I as I said to Smithy, I was pretty strongly in the camp of uh let the boys play for their heritage or in their state, but you make really good points. You really do make good points. Uh I it's it's hard to say it's hard to argue against that, especially as a bloke that grew up in Queensland and how much it means to me personally, uh, to see the boys go out there. Uh and even, you know, as I said, I I mean I've said it a few times now. Played under nineteens, Queensland, New South Wales, and yeah, obviously that isn't actually NRL. I mean, there was a lot of NRL players. There's just something different about putting that jersey on when you're from that area and you and you were willing to play for the country as well. So I can I totally see uh, yourself and Cam's point. It's it's such a it's such a complicated situation, but because of the changing landscape. But mm. but you're right. Would we really lose anything if we you know those boys like weren't playing and it was Cody Walker or Josh Adokar, I think they would do just as passionate as a job. Um, Some might even argue better, but, you know, I don't think that their heritage has anything to do with that.
1: Um, More selection process. But, uh, yeah, Smithy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think what Andrew just spoke about, that's that's what I've been saying as well, is that, um, you know, I think it'll be a strange situation at the end of this year when I feel as though Josh Adokar will be picked in the Kangaroos and he hasn't. He wasn't um, good enough to be picked to play in the state of origin. So you've got a guy who's good enough to play for Australia. Who was you know you'd, you'd like to think that they they're a really good chance of winning this World Cup. But he wasn't even um, he wasn't seen um, in an Origin game at all this year. That that's the situation where I think well that that just looks a bit strange to me. So again, the game needs to sit down and have a really uh, careful think about the way they go with uh, this elibi- eligibility stuff.
0: Thanks for the call, uh, Andrew. It was a great call, mate, and uh, made some really good points. Especially the the point around um, the point around you know it's changed to the best versus the best. Yeah. When you're right, really, it's the most passionate versus the most passionate. That's what it should mm. be.
1: Well, that's what Origin was built on, Canby, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: really. That, it well, just... that's the difference. That's what separates it from a club game.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and oh, I think we, we've had another text come in, like the way, the, way the, the origin's going at the moment. And, and if we do make it just open slather for everyone to just play, it's, it, it turns into more of an all-star event, doesn't it? Like we see in the NBA and, and um, the NFL, like those American sports, where mm. it's more of an event rather than an actual game where two teams are out there you know, trying their very best for you know, their state. And they will do anything possible, anything possible, um, to go out and get a victory, that's I, I, I think that's something we don't want to lose um, in in state of origin. What we have right now, mm.
0: yeah, mate. It's so, I'm so conflicted. I'm so I think <laughs> I like, honestly because like the tough thing for me is that if you, as I said, if you had asked me probably a year ago, I would be totally in agreement with you. I think it's like when you meet these young Polynesian boys and you see how much it does mean to them still. Like they really do care and you they really do, you know, for example, you look at the Samoan boys last year for New South Wales, they were absolutely outstanding. They were a part of a record breaking win. Yes. Um, and so you can see like, it absolutely means a lot to them, but you're right. There also is a, a, a case for, you know, at what, where do we draw the line? Because it could get to a point where the whole one whole side is with the players that don't play for Australia. So, I'm, yep. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what the answer is. I'll have to go away and think about this. Uh, we're going to head to the news, though, and uh, see you on the other side. Question for you, mate. Now, I, I sat back, obviously. Uh, I enjoyed the incredible win last week. Now, DCE, he's such an interesting character to me because we all know he's the elite of the elite halfback. You know, he's yep. always competing. Yes, Manly haven't had a good run over the you know, last, I guess, five to six years, but they've always been competitive. Made it to, I think, prelim is the f- furthest they've made it. He's won a premiership. He's been in a grand final, and you know, with DCE, I really feel like after two thousand and twenty, that was, in my opinion, that was Munster's moment. He he owned the moment and stamped his authority and also his legacy in the Origin arena. Whereas I really feel after two thousand and twenty two, DCE finally has his own legacy in Origin, and I, and what I mean by that is no disrespect to DCE at all. As I said, huge fan of him um, and everything he's achieved, but I really do feel that, that for the for the years after yourself, Billy and Cooper retired, that that squad was really in your shadow, trying to find its own identity. And I think that in 2022, DCE said, "This is my legacy. This is what I'll be remembered for." And he, I think you, I think he stamped his origin legacy for the for the rest of the time. What do you think?
1: Oh, absolutely, be I, I agree with you, and I, and I think. Particularly in Game Three, I think he knew the responsibility was on his shoulders. Yeah. Um, not 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 wholly and solely. Let, let's not just say that. Yeah, you know, he he felt or any pressure was put on daily in Game Three to say, "Mate, you need to get this team home." But I think when Cam Munster went down um, on on the Friday, was it the Friday? Yeah, on the Friday, um, leading into Origin Three, I I, I really seen. Uh, a shift in in Daly's focus and preparation i think that's when he realized like listen i, I need i need the biggest game of my origin career mm. this um this game and and he come up he come up with an absolute perler in game 3 it was, it was it was i think looking back on you know his performances over his career that's that's span over nearly you know a decade um you know he represented queensland way back in uh 13, 13 i think it was when he first played Um, so it's been nearly, you know, 10 years, um, that, that Daly's been involved at that level, but I, I haven't seen such a dominant or, or maybe a mature performance as, as what he put in in game three, like he's kicking game and and he didn't try to, he didn't try to overplay things Mm. as well. Like he just did what he was good at Mm. and and he brought his strengths to that footy side. You know, he, he organized, um, the footy team. Yeah, you know, his passing and his combinations with his edge players was fantastic. His kicking game was really just it, it. It just put a nail in New South Wales' coffin, particularly towards the end of the game. He um, he just kicked New South Wales to death, and that's what was needed. Mm. Like he didn't have to be the best player on the field. He didn't have to come up with any um, outstanding or you know just out of this world plays. He just needed to bring to the team what he's. Extremely good at, and that's organising, connecting the middle players with the edge players, um, getting the footy out to those strike guys out on the edge, and and kick well. Mm. And so that's I think with a performance like that, in in particularly in the situation as I mentioned, with you know Munster being out, a lot of the talk going saying, well, you know their best player's gone, they're no chance. Um, This is New South Wales' game. This is their series to win. And then he come up with a with a performance like that. I I, I think it it just cements his um his um, legacy as a Queensland player in 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 that maroon jersey. And you got to think back, mate. Like you got to think back when he first started. Like he wasn't playing halfback. Like he wasn't he wasn't playing in the halves. He he was used as a utility, where he actually didn't know when he was going to get on the field. He didn't know what 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 position he'd be in or what role he'd play. There was some sort of yeah, you know, like we we'd build with our preparation, and say, "Hey mate, in this situation, this is where you might be used," or, you know, in this situation, this is what we may need you to do. But it was just, it, it was all about him just being able to um, read a different situation and, and fill in that spot. So that was that was a little bit unfair with, to him, mm. but he was good enough at the time to go in there and, and fill that role. Mm. But I, but I agree with you, like as he's come in now and taken over as the leader of this footy side, there's no doubt that game three was was his best.
0: Oh, it was amazing. And I think one real standout thing for me was his ability to identify what the game needed. It is like to have enough of a field for the game in that second half to identify and go, you know what, I need to just start kicking early. I need to start kicking long. And we need to basically not even worry about any of the razzle-dazzle getting to the edges. Now, I'm not sure if that was a call from Billy that went down. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if it was DCE that was on the field, on the fly, identifying that, uh, that's an incredible moment in rugby league, in my opinion. So, great stuff from DCE. Now, on to another half. Uh, There's been a recent report uh, come out. Um, I forgot the person's uh, name. Apologies. But an article was written saying that Mitchell Moses is not worth a million dollars. Uh, the timing is a bit rough. I mean, he was getting death threats a few weeks ago, uh, a few days oh, ago, but fair
1: dinkum. yeah, fair Jeez. dinkum,
0: fair dinky die seriously. Uh, um, but anyway, I uh, just wanted to talk about that because I think that a lot of people don't, they don't understand the landscape of a salary cap and they don't understand the concept, uh, sorry, the context in which a lot of players are signed um, but first of all, I wanted to get your thoughts on that comment that Mitchell Moses is not worth a million dollars, Smithy.
1: Yeah, but like, who decides though? it's Paul Crawley.
0: it was Paul Crawley yeah. that uh, wrote that.
1: Well, that's what I mean. Like, it's not these journalists that decide. They're not involved with the footy clubs. So, who's to say? Like, why is he not worth a million dollars? Like, to Parramatta, he might be worth a million dollars. To the Melbourne Storm, he might be worth a million dollars. To to the West Tigers, he might be worth one point three million dollars. Who knows? Like, it's at the end of the day, it's up to these um, the, the football clubs. They decide on what a player's worth. Now, he may not be the best halfback in the game, but depending on a certain club's situation and their need for a halfback or a, a leader, a goal kicker, whatever it is, they may, they may just need that person to boost the profile of the club and, and to entice maybe some commercial opportunities to come in, mm-hmm. boost revenue at their club, maybe to boost membership, whatever it is but if they need to pay someone a million dollars to maybe you know boost as I said the profile of their club boost revenue whatever it is it may be just to help the football team and get the best out of the players that are currently there mm. and if they if they feel as though they need to to spend a million dollars to get that person there then that's up to the club mm. that's up to the club it's not the players issue if a club's willing to pay a million dollars then that's what they're worth mm. it's like a house yeah. if you put your house on the market and you you think it's worth Eight hundred thousand, but someone says oh, I'll pay a million. Well, then it's worth a million, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and vice versa. If you think it's worth one point five, but someone's only worth willing to pay eight hundred, well, it's worth eight hundred. Mm. That's the situation it's in.
0: Yeah, no, no, mate, I, I totally agree. And, and just you know, basically, like the situation a lot of clubs find them in themselves in is that okay? Let's say you're the, the, the para Eels. right mm-hmm. now. You've got a, in my opinion, a premiership threat roster. Now, yes. You could you could play hardball with Mitchell Moses. And I'm not saying that they should or shouldn't pay him a million dollars, but I'm 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 saying why they could find themselves in a position where they will pay a million dollars. Would you rather, as a Para Eels fan, then play hardball with Mitchell Moses and say, nah, you compared to say Cleary or whatever is only mm-hmm. worth seven fifty to eight hundred. Then they lose Mitchell Moses over a difference of two hundred thousand dollars. And let's say Parrot Eels go from a top four side all the way down to missing the eight. Yep. What would you rather as a para fan? Would you rather have them budged and said, let's keep Mitchell Moses and pay a little bit extra? Yes, he's probably, you know, on the in, in everything being fair, is he worth a million dollars, hasn't won a premiership? Maybe not. But to us right now, for the club and the direction we need to go in, let's pay that little bit extra to stay in the top four. And that's the difficult choice clubs face is yep. that you just... It's not just about like, oh, okay, well, if Nathan Cleary's on a million dollars, then you're on $700. It's about what does that player <laughs> mean to this club and getting to where we need to go?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's 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 entirely um, individual on an individual basis, mm. um, player by player, club by club, certain situations. And that's part of the negotiation process, isn't it? Mm. Is to really sit down and say, look, where where can we both get to to make sure that you know, you're happy as a player and we're happy as a club and we can move forward on our on our quest to win a premiership. What's it gonna take for you to stay? Um and, and how much can we pay you for you that you'll be happy to, to, to play here and, and um and give your services to our footy club. And it's a difficult one. It's mm. it's it's a juggling act. And those that do it best, you know, those guys with, you know, great recruitment um, systems in place, they um, they got good list management and they're able to balance um, the playing group and, and and be able to put together a roster um, where they can manage the salary cap at the same time, they're usually the clubs that that succeed. Mm. And so, you know, the last thing you want to do is go out and, and break the bank um, to, to get an individual player. But at the same time, yeah, I'd like to think that players are understandable and say, listen, like if, if I take huge money here, how will that affect the rest of my playing squad? Mm-hmm. Well, that well, that be, because surely, surely, you know, when you're playing this game, like you want to win a premiership, don't you? Like, if you if you're playing if you're playing in the NRL, like you want to you want to win a premiership. So, the last time I looked, like no team has ever won a premiership fielding one player mm. or five players. You you need more than just you know your, your main man or even the 17 that take the field each week. You need an entire group to get you through that are all on the same page, are all heading in the same direction to 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 work towards a premiership, to be able to lift the trophy at the end of the year.
0: Mm. No, absolutely agree, absolutely agree. A, a good example, I, I think, is like you know the Storm. So, for example, I think internally they probably do believe Cam Munster is worth a million dollars. I think, I mean, and I'm not, um, you know, I'm not sure of that, or I haven't been told anything, like that, but I think internally they probably do believe, yeah, on the open market is, but. For us as a club, that is just not the value we can afford to pay him um, mm. right now, and so it's a it's a kind of a example of the reverse. Where does anyone really believe that the Storm think that he's only worth seven fifty on the open market? Well, no. But to them in the system that they've got set up, that's mm-hmm. the value in which he they want to you know place him at. Um, now we've had uh, a huge call from Tom Dravojevic come out. He said that oh, he turbo m- turbo. Speaking of game changers, Turbo has come out and said that he may be fit for week two of the finals. If you're a captain of a club, Smithy, and you've got your absolute red-hop superstar potentially ready for week two of the finals, are you planning to, I guess, not like planning to get there so that he's there, because obviously you are. You're you're trying to win the grand final. But uh, is that a part of your planning, or are you saying, mate, let's let's try and prepare without Tom <laughs> And just oh. move forward this year without him. What would you do in oh.
1: that situation? Oh, mate, it's a difficult one, Kempy. That's a really difficult situation because you know the value that he adds to that footy side and the impact that he has on the footy team. Like you know, that when he plays, they win more games than they lose. Mm. So let's just say, let's just say, Manly get themselves in a position at the end of this year where they finish. Oh no, let's just say they finish fifth or sixth. And I don't know. No one knows whether that's going to happen or not. There's a lot of footy to be played, but let's just say they get in that position, and so they got a shot at, um, you know, possibly winning the first week of finals and then going into second week of, fi- second week of finals. Now, if Tom Treboliyevich is fit, I, I, you'd have to you'd have to consider playing him. Now, I, I, and I mean absolutely 100% raring to go. Mm. I'm not putting him in there if he's not 100%. Let's, let's just let's just get that clear right now. If he's not 100%, sorry, mate, like, get ready for next year. Mm. But if he's 100% ready to go, geez, you'd have to consider putting him in. Oh, mate. I don't you? you? Mate, oh, would you? He's one of
0: the handful of players that I would consider. Very, very few players would I want to upset yep. the balance of a team that's got me yep. in the second week of the finals. Yeah. He's he's that guy.
1: Well, just because he, mates, mate, immediate impact. mm such as the influence on 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 that footy side that he has. Look what trolls done at the Rabbitohs. Oh mate, it's just it, it not just it not just you're not just bringing back one of the best players in the competition into your footy side. The confidence that he brings to the rest of his team members. That's what it, that's that's the huge part of him being included um, in that side. If he's fit and ready to go. Now the other thing they've got to weigh up is say, look, what's the risk? If there's any risk at all, Kempy. If there's any risk at all of him going back in and possibly re injuring himself? Now, you can't rule out other injuries, mm. but if he was to go back in and re injure that, that, um, the, the peck that he's dealing with now or the shoulder, like that's, then it's just a line through his name straight away. Absolutely. Now,
0: we're going to head to a break after the break. We've got my favorite segment with Schnitz. See you on the other side.
1: Time now to break down the best hands in the NRL. Thanks to Schnitz, the best hands in the schnitzel business.
0: Welcome back to the captain's run with the great Cameron Smith. Now time for one of my favourite segments, thanks to Schnitz. Best hands, thanks to Schnitz, the best schnitzels in all the land. But, Smithy, what have you got this week, mate?
1: Uh, My one point this week can be Joey Manu. uh, Just quickly on Joey Manu. How good is he playing? Oh, huh. I don't think you'll ever leave that number six jersey. Well, that's something we're going to talk about. That's something we'll we'll talk about later in the show. Yeah, we'll we'll get onto that. Anyway, his flick pass uh, to Victor Radley to score the opening try against the Dragons. Roosters on fire. Dragons a little bit of trouble, but anyway, two points back to back. No look passes from uh, the Foz, Kieran Foran and Daly Cherry Evans. They're they're in outstanding form those two at the moment. Uh, To send big Jason Saab over for his second try on the weekend. Manly on fire once again, but three points. Three points must go to James Schiller. Now I don't know if you've seen this one, Kempy. Yep. Raiders v the Storm on the weekend. Mm-hmm. His I don't know how he did this, but it was a, his miraculous effort to put the ball down after he grubbed to he, he put a grubber in, ran outside the field of the play, come back in, put one foot back in the field of play, and then like did like a little Superman dive and got the ball in, um, got the ball to the ground before it went over the dead ball line. Oh, try the season. For nine.
0: Mm. Mate, it was particularly amazing. an
1: individual effort. Yeah. So that's my three points.
0: And it's like second or third game all year. Incredible oh. stuff from Schilling. Uh Schiller. That was uh best hands. Thanks to Schnitz, bite into golden, delicious, handcrafted Schnitz. After the break, we'll wrap up. It's already been an hour, Smithy. Already an hour. You're kidding. No way. We'll it's see. Crazy. You on the, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. That's how good this has been. <laughs> you're having fun, you're enjoying yourself. Time flies. See you on the other side. Welcome back to The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Now, make sure to download The Captain's Run on Apple and Spotify. You just hit follow or subscribe. Also, go to the SEN website. You can listen to us anytime. Make sure to download the SEN app. If you're listening to this on AM radio, you can actually download the SEN app and you'll be able to hear it in crystal clear digital radio. But, Smithy, there's been a text sitting here this whole time that I wanted to ask you. Okay. It uh, brings me plenty of joy to finally, as a Broncos player, ask you this. <laughs> Goat and Smithy. Is there a real chance Storm could lose four in a row? You'd have to oh. back South on recent form, but Storm a South boogie team. Thoughts?
1: Oh, mate, I can't even think about that. Wow. Surely, surely not. Although, although they've they found some form over the last two weeks, and I'll tell you who's benefited the most. I reckon with uh, Latrell being back, Cody Walker. Absolutely, agree. he looks so good. So danger one, danger game for Storm this week. They're in Sydney. It's gonna be wet. Smithy. Come on, boys. Let us let the Bronx get in the Fire top up. four, mate. Let us get in the top four.
0: Uh, we're gonna to head to a break. We've still got plenty of chat. We've got Fafida and we've got uh, I mean, we've got a whole round of preview. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Make sure to text in 0457-736-736 or give us a call on one 1170 That one eleven seventy. That is one three hundred. 01-1170. Give us a call. Ask any footy question you want. You get to speak to the goat, Cam Smith. Ask him all of his footy knowledge. Uh, but we've got some big, big news. Well, a big quote coming out from the great Billy Moore. Billy Moore has come out on uh, which podcast? the Fox League podcast. Mm-hmm. And he has said about David Fafida, give him to Redcliffe. Get him off your books and pay whatever portion you have to. Huge, wow. huge call. Now, My opinion, Smithy, (laughs) is that I don't think Fafita is the problem at the Titans. I think that, yeah, okay, 1.2 or whatever he's on a year, that's overs for sure. But when you compare his stats to nearly any other back rower in the comp, they're actually up there with arguably in the top three. Arguably in the top three. And this has been outside, you know, in no disrespect to the current halves at the Titans, but they have absolutely struggled. There's no denying that. All of Fafita's stats has essentially come off one-off runs off the ruck. You put for feeder outside a high quality half like let's say an Adam Reynolds or you know Chad Townsend or Cleary he would be an absolute wrecking ball and back to his best. What are your thoughts on the fact that you know it seems that he may some may think that he's the issue at the Titans?
1: Yeah, well I think Billy Moore's comments was around um, he's an issue for their salary cap. Mm. So and and like understandably like when you when you're paying someone that much money. You, you want to see a return now you mentioned like his stats and I agree with you like some of the stats that when, when you stack him up against other back rowers like he's like for like mm. um I, I just think he hasn't really been given too much opportunity this year that's what I feel mm. and I, and I and I think and I've and I've said this before that i that I believe the titans have have well and truly underperformed this year as a footy club yep there's no doubt about that. Like they were playing semi-final football last year, and I feel as though their roster this year is 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 better than 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 it was last year. Mm. You know, um, it, it's just I think it's a little bit unfair just to lob all the issues that that they've had this year on on one person. Mm. Now, now, like he's been missing for I think he's missed what half a dozen games through injury. Um, now that's that's <laughs> that's a difficult one because. I'm sure he wouldn't want to get injured. Mm. Every you know, players want to be out there playing as much football as they possibly can. Um but again, it goes back to that same same argument. Like and and Billy Moore said as much, I think in in that um, those quotes that you were talking about, like he he got paid one point two million dollars, that's not his fault. The Gold Coast Titans offered him that. Um, you know, you can't question a player for, for taking that salary. Um, I just think that they haven't found a game plan to be able to get him involved in in the in the right manner. I really don't. Now now some of that, that responsibility falls on um David Fafita. I, I feel as though at times he needs to go looking for the ball. I feel as though that he needs to be calling for the football to say, Hey, look, give give it to me and I'll get something done for you here. But at the same time, he plays in a in a position where you know, you, you need a bit of a fair bit of work going on in, on the inside, um, inside of you, like from your from your dummy halves, from your ruck players, and in particular your halves, to put you in a situation where you can be at your damaging best. Mm-hmm. Now we've seen him at his damaging best, where he can beat three and four defenders and score tries. Mm-hmm. Um, that that that's a given. There's no there's no questioning his ability to do that. But at the moment, I just feel as though they're they're lost for answers, so they turned to. To feeder and say, "Here you go, mate. Do something for us." Mm. And he's just running into brick walls. Yeah. Now I understand that at certain at certain times, Kempi players need to do that. Mm. Y- your big players, um, they need to carry the ball in tough situations. They need to have tough carries. But he's a guy that is is so damaging when he he's got space around him and he's got an opportunity to to you know come off his right foot, come off his left foot, put a fend out there, put a spin on whatever it is. So find find ways to, pre- to present that picture to him. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not just, hey, mate, we've seen you. You're a wrecking ball. Um, every time we give you the football, just produce one of those runs. You need to come up. It's it, it's not the way it works. Mm. You need to be able to put um, David Fafita in those situations where he has an opportunity to do that, and he'll do it. If you put him in those situations more times than not, he'll break a couple of tackles. He'll make 15 meters. He'll get you a quick play of the ball, and sometimes he'll score a try for you. Yeah. I I just think they need to work out a a, a way to be able to put him in those situations more often than not.
0: No, yeah, mate, I I totally agree. I also think that he's been a victim of constantly changing halves. You know, people may underestimate your wide running forward is so at the behest of your ball players because not only do you need them to get to certain points on the field – you, at times you need to, let's say there's a set, and, a, and the set is all about getting Fafita the ball. But then in that set, the half decides, no, no, I'm going to change things up, or I'm not going to direct us well enough to get us to the points that give Fafita the space. It would be yep. very different if Fafita was playing in the front row and he wasn't getting through the work required, which is yes. actually, earlier this year, I actually thought that, in my opinion, I would chuck him in the front row because i just get his hands mm. on the ball because clearly, just get him in there, <laughs> just get him in there. But this is the yeah. stats in 11 games this year. He's averaging 120 metres, which is quite high for a right wide running forward, 22 tackles, and four tackle plus per game. So yeah. I, I agree with Billy in Billy Moore in the sense that, yeah, for sure, like bang for buck, yeah, they're not getting their value. Oh, there's, I don't think anyone's denying that, but I don't no. think that, that that's 100% for feeder's fault. I actually think no. that decisions around him that are being made that are affecting his ability to impact the game that he was purchased to actually do.
1: Well, just quickly, be. I'll, like, well, I'll give you an example. So take uh, Ryan Hoffman for an example, mm. <clears throat> a left-back rower. Uh, Gavin Cooper played um, outside Jonathan Thurston, okay? Now, you, with all due respect to you know, Gavin Cooper and Ryan Hoffman, certainly not the physical um, – they don't have the physical attributes a, a Fafida has, do they? Do you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Great players in their own right. Great players in their own right. Played State of Origin football. Hoffy played for Australia. Um, but what they did have, they had a system in place with their half. Ryan Hoffman with Cooper Cronk. Gavin Cooper with Jonathan Thurston. And they had an understanding of each other. And those halves, they would work extremely hard to put those boys into situations where they had space to run into or give them one-on-one opportunities with a defender. Mm. And they made line breaks. They, they scored tries. Um, they created um, space for themselves to give offloads to a fullback or a center pushing through the space outside them. But it was all because of the combination and the ability of the halves to, to, to put them in those situations to do those things. Mm. I, I just think if you, if you look at it in that 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 circumstance, <clears throat> imagine what a David Fafita could do if they had like a half like that putting him into space. Yeah, And he could possibly have that next year with Kieran Foran.
0: I think he will. I think Foran will build a really, really good combination. I think a really good example is you know, Kikau has been accused, I guess, of similar things to Fafita, of get more involved and you know all that kind of stuff. And there have been years where Kikau has been quiet. But ever since Cleary and Luai have really put together a good combination, Kikau is constantly being put into the best space possible for him. And I think anyone that thinks that Fafita doesn't have the same abilities as Kikau, I think we'd all agree that they're probably... (laughs) Equally as they're like for like, they're like for like in the in the way they can break games open. So, I again to be clear, they absolutely. There are some games where I watch Fedor and go, I just need you to get more involved. And one point two million, it's a lot of money, but I do think that when we get when the Titans get foreign to the club, if they're still struggling, if he's still struggling to get those opportunities, I would be surprised. I think foreign going to give him some really good ball, some really good opportunities. I think personally, and I've said it ad nauseum. That the, the Titans made an error in not keeping an experienced half at the club. Yep. You know, it doesn't mean he has to start every week, but it's the stuff off the field. It's the training. It's when, you know, sexy is under pressure and he needs a, mm-hmm. a guy that's been through everything to sit him down and be like, mate, don't listen to the noise. Stick to this. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think Foreign's going to be outstanding in that department. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, now on to round preview. Tonight, we've got the parrot
1: eels versus the mighty
0: Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> the mighty Brisbane Broncos. Uh, oh,
1: what are you thinking? Give me your thoughts first, please. You know it's 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 weird
0: cuz like I'm still like I still sometimes look at the Broncos and I'm like are they are they that team last that they were last year? Do they still have that in them? And so I'm I'm still of the mindset that they're not fully a top 4 side yet and that's just right. because of my own I guess um Hesitancy to finally believe because then I'll get let down. Yep, Um, yeah, yeah. get that. But uh, to be honest, every single week goes by, I become more and more convinced that we're a genuine top four side. And I think last week was a really good example. Yeah, we didn't play the best. Yeah, we were missing a bunch of players. And we were playing Mm -hmm. a desperate Titans and we managed to get the win. And that's what I believe separates top four sides from the rest of the comp is the sides that even when they don't play the best and they don't have their players, they still find a way to get the win. Yep. Um, so I, I like the Broncos in this. They've got most of their boys back outside Selwyn Cobbo uh, with the Eels. We've got Ryan Madison returns from a rib injury, which uh, sees Nia Kore revert to the bench. Uh, and Kai Dropwell dropped. Uh, what a name. Kai Dropwell yeah. dropped. dropped. Yeah. It's man. Um, and we got <laughs> Corey Oates, Kurt Katewell, Paddy Carrigan return from their post-origin rest. Selwyn yep. Cobo remain sideline. The great Payton Hass has been named for Huge his first teams. game since round 16. I tell you what, I I think everyone deserves a massive round of applause for the way that that has been, that Payton has situation, how that didn't derail the whole season, Ugh. explode the club is yep. it's amazing that they've managed to just pull
1: it all back in. And it's like business as usual. Yep. I'll tell you what, they, this, this, I, I'm, I reckon the Broncos can get this done. Mm. I really do. Now, I, I, I called the Parramatta Warriors game last week, and I just, I don't know, they were, they were a little bit, they were quite unconvincing para. Mm. I know they had a strong win in the end. Um, one man that the Broncos need to be careful with uh, tonight is Mike Acebo. Mm. I, he's just, he was outstanding last week. But I don't know, they just, Parramatta, they just they did what they had to do last week. And I don't know, like it's just, it's hard. it's hard when you get in that frame of mind where oh, we'll just, we'll do what we have to do. And then all of a sudden they're coming up against the side who's sitting fifth and playing like with a lot of confidence to then flick the switch and go, right, let's play now. Mm. That's, that's the only worry I have with Parramatta. And it's, and, it's, and it's year after year. And this is where I feel as though Parramatta fans get quite frustrated is that they promise so much in the first half of the year. And it's like they they then go and play a different style of footy in the in the second half of the year, mm. where where they look most dangerous is they have that 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 good mix of, you know physical direct running with their big men, and then they like to use the football. They take it wide. They use they, they give opportunities to their speed men outs outs on the outside edges. Um, you know, Mitch Moses, Dylan Brown have really strong combinations. They have high involvement. You know, touches on the footy. Whereas now I just I don't know it feels as though like last week they were very conservative with their with their football mm. and I don't know whether it was just hey boys like let's just get through this game um, I don't know like Moses kicked quite well but they just, I just didn't see much from them like it just again the best way to describe the match was they did what they had to do mm. the only thing the only danger with that is by doing that is you can you can get yourself in a situation where. That's, that's the mindset that you take into every game. And then all of a sudden, you may find yourself two and three tries down, and then you're trying to get your game kick-started. Mm. You, you get in this natural habit of, oh hey, boys, let's just go out there, get through our sets, let's kick well. That's fine. That's all. You, you can complete well. But unless you're playing footy in the modern game, you've you got to play some football mm. to win football matches. If you, like Look at the Storm, Storm for example. And we're going to talk about them a little bit later in the show, but they've lost their last three. If you look on stats alone, they haven't been that bad. Mm. They've actually out completed. I think in the last three matches, I, I actually believe they've out completed as far as a, a percentage goes. Mm. Their completion rate has been higher than the last three teams that they've played against. Wow, wow. And 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 their their tackles to tackle misses are very similar. There's a couple of games there where I believe like their run meters are higher than the opposition. Wow. So if you look on stats alone, you're like, oh, well, Storm win those games. But they didn't mm. because they're, they're allowing soft tries on their goal line and they're not playing the same style of footy that they once were at the start of the year. Mm. So this is the danger for Parramatta because I know if they don't go, to, go there tonight willing to play a little bit of football, the, the biggest improvement with the Broncos this year and the reason why they are, a chance of going top four after this weekend is their goal line defense mm. and their willingness to work for each other and when it gets a little bit tough they just they grit their teeth and, grit their teeth and get through those tough times
0: mm. absolutely you, you totally like that truly is the difference is the the willingness to refuse to give an inch refuse to go all right I'm just going to rest here oh I'm just yeah. going to let this let this slide yep. and, and and that's that's the the concern I guess you're right with the eels is that they have moments where they go you know what We'll 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 win the game eventually, so yeah. it's all good. We'll, we'll let this little standard slide and and whatever. Um, we had actually a text uh, come through uh, saying, do we do we believe? And this is I'll get the um, where it is. Was uh, it hey, about Para? Oh no, hey Kempy and Smithy. William from Rugby League Bible here. Does tonight's game between the Broncos and the Eagles have massive bearing on not only where those two sides finish? but also the Storm, who just seem to be suffering injury plague. I will say it's a massive game for the Eels because their run home is absolutely crazy. We also had another text earlier saying, hot take, the Eels may miss the eight because the Eels run home. They've got the Broncos, they've got Storm, they've got the Panthers, and then they've got the Broncos again. And there might be one other top side mixed in there.
1: Yeah, it's Storm to finish again. So so they play Storm twice, Broncos twice, Penrith. Yeah, it's a tough run, mate. It's a tough run. So if they want to the, get and going, the bunnies and the bunnies. Wow. wow.
0: Yeah, they better yeah. get going then, because like, <laughs> and that's that's like that's why tonight's so important because you have got to jag the wins where you can. Otherwise, you, you might find yourself one and five, and yep. outside the eight because yep. there's some teams on the eight that are starting to hit some bit of form. Raiders,
1: Manly, uh, Roosters. Yeah, well, this is what they did last year, Campy. I think their final seven matches, I think they only got three wins. Wow, I believe. Parramatta. The three wins from their last seven games. So like they don't want a repeat of last year. Mm. They really don't. So they really like that that's probably the toughest run of any team going into the finals. They just gotta particularly when you're playing at home, they need to bank some wins. Mm.
0: Yeah. And and also I just think that it would be even more devastating, in my opinion, because
1: they can beat the top tier sides. They've proven it. Like it's not like <laughs> yeah, they're the know. only team. They're the only team to beat Melbourne and Penrith. Yeah, so only the, side. So it, they're they're more than capable. And that like so the, the premiership is this. If there was a, a year to win the premiership, ever
0: since Brad Arthur has taken over, it oh, is this year. It Everything,
1: has to be. all of the
0: every all the recruitment, all the decisions have been building towards this season for Brad Arthur. So it would be devastating for Eels fans because they're finally at the gate, the premiership gate. It's right there. It would be devastating mm-hmm. for them to uh, stumble at the last hurdle. But we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to preview the Dragons versus Manly Seagulls. A huge game, a fight for that eight spot. I tell you what, that middle of the table is getting very, very exciting. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the captain's run with the great Cameron Smith. Make sure to download the SEN app or... Follow The Captain's Run on Apple and Spotify. You'll be able to listen to us anytime, anywhere. Now, welcome back to The Captain's Run with myself and uh, Cam Smith. Time to break down which young players are climbing up the Bailey ladder. Worksite trusted for over 60 years. That is six decades of being worksite trusted. And as I said, I've worked on plenty of sites, Smitty, and the standard that you have to reach is <laughs> yep. massive, mate. Is absolutely massive. Uh but who we got? Who what young fellows are climbing up the Bailey ladder?
1: Yes, three nominations again, Kempi, uh for the young person climbing the Bailey ladders. Number one, though, and you'll be happy about this, Broncos back rower, Zach Hosking. Yes. How good's he been? Oh mate. He's he's had two games and, and the first game that he played was that baby Broncos side that mm. ran out um, and did a wonderful job for the club. 25, 25 years of age. He's averaged over 150 running metres, 33 tackles, and five tackle busts per game. Not a bad way to start your career. Mate, sign him up, boys. Sign him up. So good. Uh, number two, Fanua Pole. After three games with the West Tigers, only 20, average 110 metres and 25 tackles per game. So Fanua's doing some wonderful things there for the West Tigers. And number three, Declan Casey, in only his second NRL game for the Bulldogs, he had one try, ran for 160 metres, two line breaks, two tackle busts against the Rabbits, Mate. who were, again, playing well. So that's a, that's a fair effort by the young man.
0: And I just want to say, a massive shout out to Declan Casey, because he had one of the most unfortunate debuts you could remember. Quite a few mm-hmm. errors, ended up getting knocked out because he was trying to shot a front rower. Yes, and That's then right. he came back the next week and puts his performance in. I tell you what, right. 9 out of 10, oh, not 9 out of 10, a high amount of rookies after that first game would have gone straight into their shell and yep. just tried to get through the game. Declan didn't do that. He came out, he ripped and teared. So massive mm-hmm. congratulations to Declan Casey. I'm so stoked that he actually, you know, it, you would hate for him to only get that one and done game. I think Potter deserves yeah. a massive rap for giving him another crack. Um, and now he'd be confident. He'd be ready to go. So Declan Casey, fantastic stuff. That was thanks to Bailey Ladders bringing safety and efficiency to the worksite for over sixty years. Bailey Ladders—they've been around forever, so they know you know they do the job. You know that they're a fantastic ladder. Make sure to grab one if you need one at the worksite. We have got some text here, Smithy. Yes, mate. Um, we got a thousand texts. Oh, it's back on the uh, international eligibility. Hey, Goat and Sir Kemp, if we want the game to inter- uh, sorry, if we want the game to be an international game and not lose Origin as a product, we need the best players playing Origin and for all other countries, including Australia. Love Dom. He even said love. Love you too, bro. Um,
1: thoughts, Smithy. I mean, we've gone kind of over that, I guess. Yeah, we've gone over that. We, um, um, uh, is, that is that saying that he like Dom likes the situation we have now? Where... I th- having people involved in origin and then them going to say, well, I'm going to go play for another country outside of Australia. Is that right? Is that what he's saying?
0: Yeah. I think he's saying allow them to play like best of the best okay. play in origin. Yep. Um, yep. We'll get another text here though. Good morning. Go to footy and go to other things. <laughs> 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 totally agree on Fafita and kicks a comparison that kicks is kick out comparison. Yep. I think the Panthers were also guilty guilty in his early career where it, were, it was give it to Kicks and let him charge over. It worked in the lower grades, but a bit different in top tier. But as yeah. his career has progressed, I think they really will really miss him next year. Cheers, boys. Elvis the Sparky. Elvis the <laughs> Sparky. Hey,
1: mate. What if he's wearing his blue suede shoes?
0: Mate, oh, if he is and I'll be I'll be filthy. Um <laughs> mate, it's a great point. I totally agree regarding kick out. Early in his career, they were just like, do your best. Now they're putting him into prime prime position, and he is killing it. We're gonna head to the break. We've got the news after the break. We're gonna continue previewing the round. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith. Make sure to download the SEN app or follow the Captain's Run on Apple and Spotify. You'll be able to listen to us anytime, anywhere. Now Welcome back to the Captain's Run with myself and uh, Cam Smith. Time to break down which young players are climbing up the Bailey ladder. Worksite trusted for over 60 years. That is six decades of being worksite trusted. And as I said, I've worked on plenty of sites, Smithy, and the standard that you have to reach <laughs> is yep. massive, mate. Is absolutely massive. Uh, but who we got? Who, what young fellows are climbing up the Bailey ladder?
1: Yes, three nominations again, Kempe, uh, for the young person climbing the Bailey ladders. Number one, though, and you'll be happy about this, Broncos back rower Zach Hosking. Yes. How good he been? Oh, mate. He's he's had two games, and, and the first game that he played was that baby Broncos side that mm. ran out um, and did a wonderful job for the club. 25, 25 years of age, he's averaged over 150 running metres, 33 tackles, and five tackle busts per game. Not a bad way to start your career. Mate, sign him up, boys. Sign him so up. So good. Uh, number two, Fanua Pole. After three games with the West Tigers, only 20, average 110 metres and 25 tackles per game. So Fanua's doing some wonderful things there for the West Tigers. And number three, Declan Casey. In only his second NRL game for the Bulldogs, he had one try, ran for 160 metres, two line breaks, two tackle busts, against the Rabbits, Mate. who were, again, playing well. So that's a that's a fair effort by the young man. And I just want to
0: say a massive shout-out to Declan Casey because he had one of the most unfortunate debuts you could remember. Quite a few mm-hmm. errors, ended up getting knocked out because he was trying to shot a front rower. Yes, <laughs> And then right. he came back the next week and puts his performance in. I tell you what, Mate. 9 out of 10 oh, – not 9 out of 10 – a high amount of rookies after that first game would have gone straight into their shell – And just tried to get through the game. Declan didn't do that. He came out. He ripped and teared. So massive Mm. congratulations to Declan Casey. I'm so stoked that he actually, you know, you would hate for him to only get that one and done game. I think Potter deserves a massive rap for giving him another crack. Um, And now he'd be confident. He'd be ready to go. So Declan Casey, fantastic stuff. That was thanks to Bailey Ladders bringing safety and efficiency to the worksite for over 60 years. Bailey ladders—they've been around forever, so they know. You know they do the job. You know that they're a fantastic ladder. Make sure to grab one if you need one at the worksite. We have got some text here, Smithy. Yes, mate. Um, we got a thousand texts. Uh, oh, it's back on the uh, international eligibility. Hey, Goat and Sir Kemp, if we want the game to, interna- uh, sorry, if we want the game to be an international game and not lose Origin as a product, we need the best players playing Origin and for all other countries, including Australia. Love Dom he even said love. Love you too, bro. Um,
1: thoughts, Smithy? I mean, we've gone kind of over that, I guess. Yeah, we've gone over that. We, uh, um, uh, is that is that saying that he like Dom likes the situation we have now? Where having people involved in origin and then them going to say, well, I'm going to go play for another country outside of Australia. Is that right? Is that what he's saying?
0: Yeah. I think he's saying allow them to play like best of the best okay. play in origin. Yep. Um, yep. We'll get another text here though. Good morning. Go to footy and go to other things. <laughs> 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 totally agree on Fafita and kicks a comparison that kicks is kick out comparison. Yep. I think the Panthers were also guilty guilty in his early career Where it it was, give it to Kicks and let him charge over. It worked in the lower grades, but a bit different in top tier. But as his career has progressed, I think they really will really miss him next year. Cheers, boys! Elvis the Sparky,
1: Elvis (laughs) the Sparky, hey mate! What if he's wearing his blue suede shoes?
0: Mate, oh, if he is and I'll be I'll be filthy. Um, mate, it's a great point. I totally agree regarding kick out. Early in his career, they were just like, do your best. Now they're putting him into prime, prime position, and he is killing it. We're going to head to the break. We've got the news. After the break, we're going to continue previewing the round. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Make sure to download or subscribe to the Captain's Run on Apple and Spotify. Just go to your Apple or Spotify right now. Click follow. You'll be able to listen to it any, any time. Also, brought to you by Bloke Beer. Make sure to get into your local, grab a case of Bloke Beer. Our Bloke Midi is now in every single Liquor Legends in New South Wales, Victoria, ACT and Queensland. And our original Bloke is in every single Celebrations and bottle in New South Wales and ACT. Grab a case of Bloke Beer. Or oh, we've got Bloke Hoodies at bloke.shop. Grab a, grab a Bloke Hoodie. Uh, now, let's get to the preview. We've got... Uh, St. George Dragons versus Manley Manly Seagulls. Moses Embai replaces Moses Suli in the centres, who was out with an ankle injury. I think it's a massive loss for the Dragons. He's been their most consistent player, or up, up close to their most consistent player. It sees Jaden Sullivan join the bench. And then we've got Tarek Sims returns from suspension, and Aaron Woods drops to 18th man. Manly Seagulls, Jake Travojevic is out with COVID. So uh, Tofua uh, Sipley comes into the starting side, with Paseca joining the bench, Smithy, how do you see this game playing out?
1: Yeah, I think this is only one way um, traffic this weekend. I think it's Manly. I think it's Manly. Kempi. They mm. um, they've been pretty impressive over the last few weeks. Um, had a really strong victory on the weekend, 42 to 12, and and I think yeah, you know, Daly. We spoke about Daly Cherry Evans um, and his performance in Game Three of Origin. He's taken he's taken that that confidence back to clubland and he was again um, possibly manley's best in that win on the weekend um, Newcastle not really putting up much of a fight but um, I, I think it might be it might be similar situation for the dragons this weekend mm. I really do Jakey Duboyichch big out obviously he's um, leader of that footy side and gets through a ton of work and does some great things particularly for foreign and, and and Cherry Evans with that link being a link player in the middle. But I just think Manly get this one done without him as well.
0: Yeah, look, I'm going to have to agree. I really like the footy that Manly is playing. I think Desi is getting the best out of him. DCE, his confidence is absolutely sky high right now. You've got Kieran Foran, who's playing some great footy. Really interesting, you know, Schuster hasn't been getting the most minutes, which is surprising. You know, he's the guy Mm -hmm. they've chosen to be the six. But he got, I think, like 10 or 13 minutes on the weekend. And the week before that, very... Uh, conservative minutes. we have got uh, Andrew Davey that's keeping him out of that uh, edge running forward, which is, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if there's anything that happens from that. Uh, look, there's no reports that there's any, you know, unhappiness, but I just think it's, it's surprising that a player where you're willing to move on Kieran Foran can't get many minutes or even into the starting side. Uh, mm. It's just, yeah, it's a really interesting situation. Now with the dragons, there's been a bit of pressure on hook and, that the Dragons have come out and say we back him, you know, back him all the way, all that kind of stuff. But we have found in, in the past when directors and the boards come out and say that, that sometimes that where there's smoke, there's fire. What, what do you think about the situation? Do you think Hook deserves a bit longer to get this done? Or do you think that there should be pressure?
1: Well, what is it, a season and a half, Kempe? Mm. So, yeah, look, I think I think coaches need a bit more than a season and a half to get to get to start building some momentum and and to start seeing results it's 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 a long it's a long term process it really is mm-hmm. and i think if you if you look over the 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 journey of you know the the particularly you know the modern game when you give teams an opportunity over a, a, a you know a course of maybe two or three seasons you you start to see change like have a look at the broncos for an example mm-hmm they were what? They got a the wooden spoon and fourteenth and now that they've had an opportunity to have some time together and start putting together a team and, and a game plan and, and have an understanding of the type of football side that they want to be, have a look at the change in, in the way they're playing. Mm. Now a lot of that a lot of that has to do with the attitude of the players. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Because there's only so much a coach can do to implement things at training, you know, talk about mindsets and attitude and the way they want to play football. At the end of the day, once the coaches have, have finished that, it's, it's a constant role. Mm. Let, let's not forget about that. All right, okay, The coaches need to be working with those players every day and, and it's constantly trying to improve them. But they can only talk and show players so much. After that's done, the players need to go out and, and implement those things on the field. So uh, a lot of this has to uh, – the responsibility has to come back to the players. So a year and a half, I'd like to think that Hook has a little bit more time than that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and also we have to remember they're one win outside the eight. Like yeah. they literally are on eighteen points. Manly yeah. are on twenty points. If they defeat Manly, they go into the eight. And if anyone said at yeah. the start of this year that Dragons would make the eight, that's a win. Yeah.
1: And the, and the thing with the Dragons is the, the, the one thing I've been a little bit surprised with, um, Kempy with them is that yeah, only a couple of weeks ago they 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 were playing some pretty good footy. Like they put on, what was it? They scored 32 points in a half of football against the Rabbitohs. Now the Rabbitohs weren't at their best that night, but they scored 32 points in a half of footy. And then they get a close one against Canberra, who we know are in, you know, they're in pretty good form at the moment. They just knocked off Melbourne in Melbourne. Um, but the turning point for me was like a fortnight ago when they took on the Broncos, a depleted Broncos. I actually thought St. George were going to knock them off. Mm. And, they, and traditionally, they've played quite well up in Brisbane. Had a lot of support there at Suncorp Stadium that day. But they just, they did not fire a shot. They didn't fire a shot. And in the end, they were beaten convincingly by the Broncos. And then last week, we all, we all know what happened last week. So that's been the strange thing for me is, to go how do you go from a side that is playing the footy you were playing, you scored 32 points and a half of football. And no matter who you play in this comp, if you can score 30 points and a half of footy, you're doing some good things mm. to what, you go from that to what you've shown in the last two weeks, I don't know. They're just Consistency is, is the biggest thing in rugby league, particularly at this level. You can't just pick and choose when you turn up and play well.
0: Oh, mate, I agree. And also, how can you say Hook can't coach when Ben Hunt is arguably playing career best footy? Yeah. So the blokes that want to respond to, to Hook and listen to yeah. what Hook's saying. They will. They'll, they'll <laughs> play good footy. Yeah. Um, so, mate. I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that the pressure is a bit crazy. I also think that coaches deserve longer uh, to to build what they need to build, especially if they're competitive. If they're sitting around the eight and they could make it, I yeah. think they deserve a few years to get the job done. Um, yeah. So in saying all of that, though, I think Manly are just playing better footy at the moment. Yes. Um, and they'll get the job done on the weekend. Now, on to the next game, we've got the Newey Knights versus Sydney Roosters. Again, another bloke where there's been a bit of pressure. Uh, Adam O'Brien and the Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've spoken about it already, though, uh, last yep. week. We both kind of agreed he probably deserved an extra year to to sort it out because the mm-hmm. club had improved so much since he joined. Uh, but Dom Young is listed in the reserves and could play as he overcomes the rib injury. Heimel Hunt is named to start for his first game in 2022. Frazell and Lee have been named despite suffering injuries, while Utility Kurt Mann is the new man on the bench. Sydney Roosters team news: Billy Smith, Satilli Tupanua, are out for the oh, season after suffering ACL, devastating. Especially, now obviously, Satilli, no, no doubt, but Billy, he's it's his third ACL. Yep. He actually came out early all in the week, and he said there's a bit of guilt there, and I felt so, my heart broke for him because he, he said there's a bit of guilt there because they've really backed me, but mate, yep. you cannot well, help. you can't help that you can't <laughs> help it, man.
1: No, and like how unfortunate, like the Roosters. That's I think that's the third, the third separate. Incident of a double ACL. They've campaign. had eleven ACLs in five years. Yeah, but uh, but in the last three years, I think in the last three seasons, they've uh, so in in uh, twenty twenty one and twenty two, mm. they've suffered double ACLs in the same game. Like yep, each yep. year, crazy. Wow. Like to suffer ones, you know, that's 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 pretty hectic. But to have two in a single match, three years in a row. Oh, I don't know what's doing there i don't, I got no idea it's it's an unfortunate situation for the roosters um but with those two guys out I still feel as though they're going to be good enough um, to beat Newcastle yeah. but you the, the one thing you were a little bit upset with was um was the moving Mate. The, the, the transition of uh positions from five8 Joey Manu yes look I actually at the start of this year I felt that
0: Manu should be their, their five eighth um, because I just thought I think that he's one of the best centers in the world, if not the best center in the world, and I don't even think center is his best position. Mm. Uh, the fullback position is obviously Teddy, but I like him at six because, you know, we know all the stuff in attack, but it's his def- he's a big body, and I just mm. thought that having Keery and Sam Walker, they're both quite small bodies. Yep. Defensively, I don't know how that's going to work if both of your edges are, and there's no one's questioning Keery's defense. He's a premiership winning half, not at all. But it's just that smaller body where, you know, the contact's going to be a little bit less. You're going to be more inclined to be running there. Whereas, like, on the weekend, Manu, he made 14 tackles, only missed one. And obviously, Mm. we saw what he did in attack. It was something like two tries, two tries. He ran for 180 meters, I think. 180 meters. He had three line breaks. He had two line break assists. I just think that, at the moment, they're a better side with Manu at six. I think if I was selecting, I'd put Sam Walker at 14. Mm -hmm. Um you know, or or I'd you know, con, I'd consider speaking to Sam and saying, mate, unfortunately, we're just not in a spot right now. We need to win games. We need to make the eight. So maybe you make the tough call in, in saying, look, go apply your trade in reserve grade. You haven't been dropped because you're playing poorly. It has everything to do with the fact that Keery's a premiership winner. He's been here for a few years, and it's you know it's about seniority and respecting that and giving him the opportunity to own that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put Sam Walker at 14, though. I'd put Joey Mano at six, and I'd put Luke Kiri at seven. Um, and basically, I would be the battle would be between Kiri and Walker to get that spot uh, until Manu proves that maybe he's not the six or or he doesn't play well. What what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. Oh look, I think um, Trent Robinson. He's probably looking back at you know, those years where they won the premierships in in eighteen and nineteen, and thinking, well, Joey Manu. He, um, he played in the centres through those with Keery at six, so that's that's where he feels he can get the job done. Different half, of course. It wasn't Sam Walker, but um, I don't know. I, I think he just – Luke Keery needs to be back in the footy side and he needs to get some footy under his belt. Um, he's a wonderful player. We all know that. And he can be a huge part of the back end of this year for the Roosters if they're going to turn this into a, a successful season. Um, but I, I do agree with you. Like He's been playing so well at six. I think it's just a matter of, of – they've got three players there that they want in the 17 mm. or sorry they they want the three players in the starting side in the 13 and they just need to find the best positions to fit them in there. Mm. Yeah. So it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one, but I think they just they feel as though from a from a team point of view, it's better to have all three of them in the 13 rather than you know uh Joey Manu at six and one of those halves on the bench. Mm. Can you see any movement uh recruitment wise happening in the Roosters in the off season? Oh well, you just you know, you won't say no, particularly with the Roosters when they make decisions, they make them fast. And mm-hmm. if they can find an opportunity to find a player, they they will. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just I don't know. I'm just trying to find names off the top of my head. I don't know who would be available to go down there. But yeah, I will say one thing: if if they if they find an opportunity to sign someone that they feel as though will make their squad better for 2023, they'll move quickly and mm-hmm. it'll and it'll happen fast.
0: Absolutely. Uh, with the um, Newey Knights, what's going on, Smithy? What 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 do you think oh, they can I don't, turn it I, around?
1: Oh look, I don't know because they when you look at their team on paper, like they're a good football side. They they really are. Like they've got some 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 great players, they've got some good young players. Um Dom Young for mine, like that's a big out. He's mm. he's been possibly their best player this year. Mm. He's been so good. Yeah. So good. And I know he's playing on the wing, but you know the impact he's had on that footy side um, is just unbelievable. And, and it's not just his ability to score t- score points; like his ability to to stop points as well. Mm. Like his defensive efforts have been outstanding. Um, you know they've had a whole heap of injuries throughout the year, which haven't helped their campaign. Um, but you know I think you know they're they're starting to get some players back now, which which will help out their cause. I think I'd like to think. You know the 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 last game, the game three for Kalum Ponga, that really has to be a confidence booster for him, and I think I mentioned this last week after the the wash up of Origin three that that needs to be Kalum Ponga's standard now. Mm. Like I know I know like, and when I mean that, like he he doesn't have to walk off the field every week with with the same game that he played in game three and and matching those stats, but that needs to be his goal. Mm. His mindset needs to be, I need to go out, and that that needs to be my contribution each week.
0: Uh, I totally agree. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got plenty still to come. We've got, uh, we're have got we going to wrap up the hour, but after that, we've still got plenty to preview. We've got our match of the round brought to you by Suncorp. Make sure to follow us on Apple or Spotify, The Captain's Run, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Uh, it's been another hour. We've got some text here, plenty of texts. Morning, bloke and goat. I know Cam Smith answered uh, answer the question like this is usually the same. It's good the way it is. But what would you think about grand final being played as a best of three series? Pros and cons. Ooh. Obviously, more revenue for the NRL and more chance for fans to come and see a great show, given there would be a minimum of two games. There's always a risk of injury and fatigue from leaving everything out there in the first game. But players who play Origin every year are used to this. Love to hear
1: your thoughts, Smithy. Nah, keep it one-off. Uh, grand Grand Final, just just one off. I actually, and it's funny thing about this because our game, I don't think. Well, as long as I can remember, we've always had a Grand Final. But I actually don't mind the EPL, and I know you're a soccer fan, Kempy. Really? I like first past the post. Wow! Because how like many times? More time, meaningful. Well, because you you could be you could be the best team all year. Like I'm not trying to put the markers on Penrith here. Please don't think that, but they are. By far and away, the best footy team in the competition this year, aren't they? Mm. I think they're Easily. six points out in front.
0: Easily, like it's, yeah,
1: it's right. They they could finish further. Let's just say they win the minor premiership by eight points, which is four games. Let's say they win it by five games, and something disastrous happens in the final series, and they they and they don't make the grand final. I think that's just incredible to think that. Like, I, I get it because it just adds intrigue to a final system and a, and, a, and a grand final, especially because what you are saying is like Penrith can be the best side over over twenty six weeks, but then but then in an eighty minute game of football, all you need is the other side to come out and play just out of their skin, and they're they're deemed the premiers of that year. Mm. Uh, I think,
0: like fairness wise, I, I agree, but oh man, it'd be anticlimactic. Because oh, no. the season would be over.
1: Although, what about the last 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 game this yeah. year for EPL? I was just, oh mate, mate that would it was be unbelievable. Okay. Um, anyway, anyway, I like grand finals, one game,
0: one game, uh, and also I think it's like the physicality of it uh, would be tough to going three games at the end of the season. Now we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to answer your texts and calls, and we're going to continue previewing the match of the round: Parents versus Sharky. See you there. Welcome back to the captain's run with Cameron Smith. We've got some text here, Smithy. Uh, thoughts on Serraldo to the Bulldogs? Uh, are we seeing Barrett 2.0 playing out again? What is the obsession mm. with Penrith Assistance?
1: Well, I can understand why they'd be after Cameron Serraldo. He's been part of a successful system there for the last couple of years. He knows exactly what goes on behind the, uh, the four walls at, at Penrith. But um, I don't know, will they land him, Kempi? I, I
0: reckon they know. will. I reckon they will. Really? I'm gonna, I reckon they offer it too good to to turn down, and the doggies too good have been refuse. Yeah, and they've uh, the doggies have been playing some pretty good footy, so it's getting more and more enticing to coach. I think they mm. land him. Wow, that'll be a big coup for the dogs. Now we're going to see you on the other side, guys. Make sure to stay tuned. We've still got plenty to talk about. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Now, Smithy, big, big news coming out of uh, the Dolphins. Anthony mm. Milford signing for the Dolphins. Uh, now, we you know, we kind of predicted this would happen. Is this the guy finally that they get that can be – I mean, we know he can be the guy for sure. Like we're talking about a 2015, 16, even 2017, Milford was incredible. Do you mm. think Wayne can finally – Rest a little bit thinking, okay, I've got a guy that could potentially be the superstar of the team.
1: Yeah. Well, I think he can a little bit. I think the the pressure's off slightly, given they've now got a uh, um, uh well, a mature aged half playing in there with a bit of a fair bit of experience. He's played in some big matches. And and if there's one person that can reignite Anthony Milford back to his best football, I think it's Wayne Bennett. Mm. Um and, and to yeah, try and extract the best out of him and what he's got left in his career. So it's, it's, you know, it's positive signs for Redcliffe, but they still, they still need to fill a lot of spots on their roster, don't they? Mm,
0: Especially their back line.
1: Yeah. And the, and the preparation for next season is it's, well, as each day goes by, it gets closer and closer, doesn't it? And we spoke about that. that You know, my concern earlier in the year was that they still needed to fill, I think at least half of their roster. And we're only, we're only a short period of time away from, them starting to prepare for next year. Like they'll mm. they'll be they'll be training in October. They'll be training in late October. Like there'll be some players that they've signed, say like the Bromwich brothers and uh, Felice Cafusi. Some guys that are coming from other clubs that will be involved involved in finals that won't be back that early. But they'll they'll have a group of players that they need training in October. But they they've yet to still um, fill their their entire squad mm. their roster.
0: Look, I I think that. You know, barring injuries, it's a competitive side for sure. Uh, I think the problem at the, the Dolphins right now is if there's one or two injuries, wow, yeah. it could yeah. be tough.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, And, and you need that. That, that. That's part of your makeup of your roster is to say you need to plan for injuries. You need to plan for suspensions. And, and now more so than that, I mean, we don't know where the competition is going to go next year as far as the COVID situation and players picking up COVID. But you, you're seeing players every week um, being left out because they've they've picked up the virus, mm. um, so you you need to be prepared to lose players every week of the season mm. through through suspension, injury, you know, COVID stuff, whatever it is, and you need people there to come and stand up and and fill that void when when they're needed. Mm. So and as you mentioned, the most important thing for for Redcliffe is that they are competitive, mm. and um, that's that's really important from a from an organisation stand standpoint from a from a NRL competition point of view as well um yeah we just we just don't want to have uh, an expansion side um come in first season and just not not be competitive mm. where does this leave the new knights uh, a bit of trouble yeah a yeah. lot of trouble a lot of trouble and 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 that's the thing with the teams that aren't travelling so well at the moment is their ability to attract quality footballers hmm that's the issue they have. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's not – you can't just point your finger to one solution. Like it, it needs to be a group of, you know, the the list management, coaching staff and the players. They they need to work together to to make these football teams and these football clubs successful.
0: Mm. Absolutely. Now let's get into uh, the Raiders versus the Warriors at 3 p.m. Saturday at GIO Stadium. Wingers Jordan Rapana and Schiller are out with suspension and injury. And they're replaced by Kotrick or Chotridge, and Albert Hapaite, uh, Skipper Elliot Whitehead. Oh, Elliot Whitehead. Apologies. Yep. Skipper Elliot Whitehead also returns. Uh, so Corey hadawira Nawa goes to the bench. Then with the Warriors, huge, huge news: Reese Walsh has been dropped to the bench, yeah. while Chanel Harris-Tavita is at fullback. And Arcee starts at five-eighth. Watani Zelezniak returns on the wing in place of Ed Cossey. Thoughts on the Warriors putting Walsh to the
1: bench? Yeah, that was. I had actually double take. I had a double take when I read that, um, which is surprising. I, I thought, yeah, you know, he's one of their more dangerous players, and they and they need they need point scorers on the field for mm. them. I, I just, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the move is there. I don't know what's whether that's something. That's happened away from the football field. I'm, I'm not too sure because he's certainly um, one of their more dangerous players out in the football field. Um, and, you know, again, they, they tried hard last week against Parramatta. They they really did. But they just, I just didn't see much from them um, that's going to point me towards a victory against the Raiders. Now, the Raiders, on the other hand, they went down to Melbourne which was a big weekend uh, again. You know, Storm missing players, but there's many teams missing players right now. Um, and I, I don't know, they just they found uh, they found a, a formula that's working for them right now. Mm. And if you look at in Campy, if you look at their their remaining games of the season, there's seven games left in the season. They they play two teams currently in the top eight. That's all they've got. Wow. So their remaining seven games, they they take on Penrith. And Manly, and that's it. Every other team that they play are outside the top eight. So this is a this is a side that if they continue on their winning ways, they'll they'll finish playing finals footy. Wow, that's uh, which is huge. Like yeah. compared, like if you're thinking early in the year, you're just like, oh, mate, write them off. Mm. Which is again like, and a lot of people are probably thinking, oh mate, you're talking some dribble here, Smithy. Like early in the year when you're talking about those teams that weren't traveling so well, if you just had to look at the competition, you just had to look at the competition and outside. Remember when we're talking early in the season, outside of Penrith, Melbourne, and I think possibly Cowboys at that stage, or maybe not even Cowboys. Maybe it was just even Melbourne um, and Penrith outside of those two teams. Like it was, there were so many clubs that you could toss a coin on how they were going to turn up on the weekend. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, this is a great example of the Canberra Raiders side just going, you know what, just let's just hang in there, you know, keep working at our trade, you know, try and improve. And now that they've jagged a few wins, they could find themselves, you know, sitting well inside the top eight, playing finals footy.
0: And it's, it's, I think that Ricky deserves a massive rap for how much he's matured as a coach. It, mm. it was, it looked like for a period there it was getting away from him. It looked like the playing group were really yep. not on board with what was going on, but now
1: they look like they're playing for Ricky. Yeah. And there was question marks, wasn't there about Mm. the, you know, what was going on with team morale and did they like Ricky? You know, he lost the, the, the locker room and, you know, players partners were, were tweeting things about, about team selections and where players were playing, which is, I think that's, that's just, I don't know. That's a, that's another issue. But, um, yeah, like they've turned things around. They've turned things around and, and again it's 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 a team it's a team effort that that needed to happen for that to um for that to occur. But again, they if they continue on the way that they've that they've um placed themselves over the last month, they will they'll be well and truly playing finals footy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just quickly back on the Reese Walsh thing, the thing that's so surprising about that is I would understand if they replaced him with a fullback that's going to be there next year. And they're saying, look, if Reese isn't going to be here next year, let's build towards 2023. But the mm-hmm. surprising thing is, is Chanel's not going to be there next year either. He's quitting footy for a year at least. Yeah, he's having a year off. Um, You yep. know, which I, I respect massively. Maybe I should have had a year off after my first year and just rode off mm. into the sunset. It was a good first yeah. year. I could have said I was the best winger ever. I just didn't want to play anymore.
1: Yeah. and and I, And sometimes... <laughs> That's a good one. Sometimes I think, sometimes I think, in in these situations, now we don't know. We don't know if he's been dropped to the bench because he's leaving and planning for next year, whatever. Mm. If if you're going to make that decision, why not let the bloke go now then? Mm. And and it's just, it's just a point to raise and and just a question to, to toss out there. Now I don't, I don't know whether that's the right thing to do or whatnot. But if you're actually giving up on that player. Because you said, "Well, you've made a decision to leave. Um, we can't play finals, so we want to start preparing for next year. Well, let the bloke go now. Mm. Yeah, Agreed. if you're if you're if you're saying that you're you're going to start building towards next year, then let that current player go. Mm. Like, because obviously you're not concerned about that that player and what he's doing in that current season, nor nor are you worried about what other clubs are doing." Mm. So if you say say you let Reese Walsh go now to the Broncos, right? What like do you care if he helps the Broncos go and deep into the finals or possibly give them an opportunity to win a premiership? Yeah, because you, you're not because of what you, you're making that decision on on your team. Mm. So what the Broncos do is not going to affect what you're doing.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. So just,
1: I don't know. I don't get it. If you're worried about your side and winning footy games, then. Keep, keep the person in there that's going to help your team play the best.
0: Mm. And I mean, me personally, when the Warriors were struggling, I felt like Reese was the one having a dig, trying to get him out of it. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, really interesting. I think the Raiders get the job done. Now, on to the match of the round. Uh, this is brought to you by Suncorp. Get award-winning car insurance with Suncorp. Now, Suncorp's been around. It's almost part of Australian culture. Uh, so Suncorp Insurance, the good stuff. Make sure to get it. Uh, this is brought to you by Suncorp Insurance. It's a Penny Panthers versus the Cronulla Sharks. All seven of the rest of Origin players are back for this weekend's clash. Eisenhuth and Kenny revert to the bench. Sharks team news. Katoa is out for the season after requiring shoulder surgery. Poor fella. Having a, a, having easily the best year of his career. Connor Tracy reverts to the wing, who is is absolutely no slouch himself. And Talakai returns at center. Britton Nakora returns for suspension, and Teague Wilton moves to the bench. Thoughts on this match, Smithy? Uh, yeah. Look, I, I think
1: Penrith. These are the easiest ones to to preview, really, aren't they? And mm. it sounds a little bit boring and and repetitive and monotonous, but yeah, you look at those ins, mate. Like Appy Corrissau, Brian Toole, Isaiah Yo. It's it's the it's the Origin boys coming back. Um, that just makes this team so formidable. Mm. I just don't know who beats them, really. Mm. And I said it's going to take a team to play out of their absolute skin or for Penrith to have an, an absolute shocker to for them to lose a game this year. I think- and, and I know we've seen some like special things happen in finals footy and some, some um, out-of-the-blue results. But as far as the rest of this season is concerned, I don't know. I just don't see this team dropping a game.
0: Yeah, I could be crazy Smithy, but I think that and look, they're two different teams. They're two different teams, but mm. the bulk of New South Wales were Penrith. Did yep. Queensland lay a kind of a game plan out to beat that Penrith style of footy because there's no denying that New South Wales do take a lot of inspiration from Penrith. And yep. I wonder if we're going to see teams beginning to kick early in sets against Penrith to upset the rhythm of that, you know, Kicked when you, when they get kicked deep into outside yep. backs come in they scoot yep. the forwards yep. rest and then shoot off the line. Do you think that people are going to be watching that game three and going, this is how we beat Penrith?
1: Well, they should, and they and they need to look at like Parramatta as well. It's the only team that's beaten Penrith this year, mm. um, Parramatta, and, and what they did was they come they come with a with an attitude to play physical. They come with an attitude to make the Penrith players uncomfortable. And 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 they chance their arm at times. Like you look at a couple of their tries, like they were they were they weren't set plays. They were just off the cuff guys having a crack at the try line. Three plays on them, late offload, second phase play, and they score points. So you got to be prepared to chance your arm a little bit because they will not give you a single easy opportunity. Penrith, they're a well drilled footy side. They're a good defensive team, and and they're and they're smart with the football. Mm. They don't try and overplay their hand much with the football anymore. And, I, and again, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the captain's run is that, you know, gone are the days where you see Penrith go chasing points, you know, every time they touch the ball, mm. they're, they're happy to grind out a win. But all of a sudden, when you look up at the scoreboard, they've put 30 on you. Mm. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, mate, this is just relentless. And it hasn't been through any, any, any special plays or anything like that. They just grind you into the ground, make their way up the other end and score points. Mm. And they do, it, they do it consistently well. If you're looking for something out of origin and the way you need to play the, the Penrith Panthers, just think back to the last three seasons. Now, this team, they are a team that has dictated to every team they've played throughout the last three seasons the way the game's going to go. Very rarely have they played from behind on the scoreboard and they've just been comfortable in their games. So you need to find a way to make them uncomfortable you need to find a way to unsettle their players, whether it through be you know the way you talk on the field, your physicality towards them, you know, trying to get under their skin a little bit, try and take their minds off the off the footy. Um, and the thing is, they they've become very used to winning on the scoreboard. Mm. So if you can if you can plan a game around trying to score some early points. And put a little bit of scoreboard on these players. Pressure does funny things to people. Mm. Okay, so that's when they start to make mistakes. Like, look at Stephen Crichton in the Origin, and he Mm. said so as much. Like, you know, he he made a completely wrong decision. Why? Why did he make the wrong decision there? Because he was trying to make something happen for his football side. Mm. They needed points. They needed something. They needed a big play. He looked for it, and it didn't come off for him. Mm. Whereas when he's twelve points up, he doesn't even think about offloading the ball. Mm. Jerome Lewis, same thing. He's seen space on the outside. He tried to throw the ball at Brian Tot. goes over his head into touch. Yeah. It's a good point. You know what I mean? Like they don't they don't they don't have to make those decisions much in club football because very rarely are they behind on the scoreboard. Yeah. It's a really good point. It's uh now on the But flip- that hey, that's an easy thing to say, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> it's a very it's a much harder thing to do.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I also think on the flip side of all of that. An angry seven Panthers players that are devastated oh. from a New South Wales loss. Oh, look it's, out! You know, it's almost the worst case scenario for the rest of the comp. An angry Nathan Cleary, willing to right wrongs and and go into yep. the finals footy, absolutely desperate to show and his, his you know team and and the fans what he can do. Yep. I think I think the Penrith Panthers, if anything, have become even more favourites to win the comp after New South Wales lost.
1: Yep, throw your house on them.
0: Like, seriously, I, I, I think the footy we're going to see from the Penrith boys over the next few months is going to be some of the best they've ever played because I think that that loss would have stung Cleary and Loi and Martin and Critter and To'o uh, and Yo, Appy. I think it would, it would have stung them massively and I think they're going to be a formidable side. And also, I think that Cleary, being the great player he is, he's going to learn so much. I think he's going to watch that game and go, okay, what did DCE do that I can learn of? What can I look at and go take that into my game. What can I identify in certain matches that are close to, to identify the moments, the big moments it's, it's very easy to kind of stumble into a big moment, but the great players, you know, watching in my opinion is they, they're they're identifying the moments as they're happening rather than just finding themselves in the moment. They're actually dictating the terms of what's about to happen. Um, And I think Cleary will grow into that. So Very, very interesting times for the the Penny Panthers. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we are going to preview... Oh, that was a match of the round brought to you by Suncorp Insurance. If you need insurance, head over to suncorp.com.au and grab some insurance. Um, After the break, we're going to preview Rabbitohs versus the Storm. And then we've got our holy schnitz moment. Welcome back to the captain's run. And I tell you what, one of my favorite times of the show. I have the holy schnitz moment of the week. And I tell you what, Smithy. I was watching the Roosters versus Dragons game. Yep. And I was just sitting back, and it looked like the Roosters had got the job done. Just enjoying Rugby League. Just enjoying it. <laughs> and then, Rugby League? Yeah, Rugby League. And then out yep. of nowhere, I yelled, holy schnitz, because a bloke looked like he got a cramp. Then he said, no, I don't have a cramp. A little goosey, a little step here, a little right foot there. And yep. then a kick and a try. And I thought, holy schnitz, I've never seen that. Where a bloke puts his hand down, it looks like he's injured, then says, oh, there's an opportunity here. And he scores. Well, he has a try assist. So, Joey Manu, absolutely my holy schnitz crazy. moment of the week. Um, crazy. It, just a crazy stuff. What a play. What a massive I, I play.
1: Was, I was watching this game with uh, Billy Slater. And when when he stopped, we both sat up and went, oh, no, he's done his calf. Yep. We thought he injured himself. Yeah. But it was the old rope a dope. Got him a beauty. One nil. One nil. him to sleep. Send him to sleep, and then bang. Hit him. Too good. That's, That's a great moment. I like it. Holy schnitz. What? What's your moment for the week, mate? Uh, mine was. It was. It was Cameron Smith, not me. Um, the uh, the great golfer from Queensland, um, winning winning the Open. So the British Open this week like just he is on fire at the moment. Mm. Won an early tournament started the year over in Hawaii then he won the players picked up a cool 5 million thank you very much. Whoopsie. And then he's won he's won the open which is many people say the most prestigious certainly the oldest uh tournament in golf shot an 8 under final wow. round Kempy wow. 8 under. I tell you what. Just unbelievable and I'll tell you at at odds too because um, the fourth, going into the fourth round, Rory McIlroy was the leader, so he would have been the crowd favourite coming mm. from Northern Ireland, um, playing in that up in that part of the world, um, in the Northern Hemisphere. I think there would have been a lot of Northern Irishmen there behind Rory McIlroy, but Cameron Smith, he's just he's going from strength to strength. And I haven't seen the world rankings, but he was sixth coming into that tournament. I think he'll now be second.
0: Look, Smithy, I need you to correct my math here. But I read yes. an article that he has earned twenty two million dollars in prize money this year. Is is have you read the same articles or am I just being a crazy um, man? Um
1: you know what? I, I don't think you're a crazy man at all. I actually think that's pretty close to the mark. Because he won five million straight off the bat in one Ooh. tournament. One tournament. How much I think that would have been would have been pretty close to winning the open as well. Um I think that prize money would have been up around the sort of three to four million. I think if some of our listeners may be able to text in and clarify that for us. But yeah, he's doing some really good things, Cameron Smith. He's flying the flag for the Aussies and how good was it? So the the trophy you win for winning the open it's called the, the claret jug. He just he filled it with beer and just smashed it. Yep. Smashed what it. What an and absolute it, it, legend. His press conference he said, like, how are you gonna how are you gonna celebrate? I'm not gonna fill it up. And he, I think he said, I'm going to have 20 jugs. Wow. So that's like 40 beers. I mean, how I, good he I loves it. He's,
0: I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, Cameron Smith. I mean, two Cameron Smiths. Both absolute legends. But Cameron Smith, a golfer, <laughs> incredible, incredible having the year of his career. Uh, so massive congratulations to, to Smithy. I uh, hope he enjoys his beers. We're going to head to a break. And then after the break, we're going to continue preview on the round. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Give us a text 0457 736 736 or call 1300 0111 1170 and ask any question you would like about footy. But we have to preview one of the most important matches of the round. Yeah. Smithy, we've got to get into it, mate. I know you've been sitting there going, I don't know if I want to get into this, the dark days at the moment. Can at we skip this? <laughs> we have the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Melbourne Storm. Now... South Sydney Rabbitohs have Cookie, Cam Murray are both back from their rest, which sees Davi Moale and Sila uh, Hiv- uh, Hivili back to the bench, and Tane Milne has been dropped, which sees Jed Cartwright move to the centres. Now the Storm team news: the great Ryan Papenhuisen is out. Sorry, Papenhuisen is out for the season, which sees Nick Meany move to the fullback, Tyron Wishart start on the wing on the Sting, Wishart on the Sting. Wow! Talk about a utility. And Grant Anderson is the new man on the bench. Uh, Pappenhausen, devastated for the poor fella. He's had such an unlucky run with injury. Um, Mm. But how do you see this match playing out, Smithy?
1: Oh, oh, look, this is going to be a good game. Mm. South have found a bit of form um, with uh, Latrell coming back over the last fortnight. As I said earlier, um, Cody Walker by far has been playing much better football with Latrell back. Um, he's scoring tries. He's setting up tries. Um, this is a huge game for Melbourne. If they lose this one, they they're out of the they're out of the top four, wow. which they've been cemented in, cemented in for a long period of time. Um, so this is an absolute danger game. And then they follow that up with a, a, a game on the road again in New Zealand. They have to go to uh, Auckland after this week to play the Warriors. So this is – I look at it and I look at it as a must win for them to stay in the top four. Like mm-hmm. there's still another three games without Brandon Smith, I believe. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry, two games. Yeah. Because he got games. three weeks, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's another two games that they have to play without Brandon Smith. Papanau's now like it's just oh, – for individual player, like he's just been battered this year, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Battered. I just you – know, I can't believe the season that he's had. And, and like he's missed games in the past, but – he just seems to be finding a new injury each time he comes back in, mm. and a fractured um, kneecap. That's um, that's not not ideal at all. Um, so he'll miss the rest of the season. So they're going to have to come up with a, a plan now to to chuck someone in their fullback. I think what they need to make a decision. It's from my point of view. I think they need to make a decision on who their one is, who is best suited to play one for the rest of the season, and just stick with them. Mm. I don't think it's time to be chopping and chasing and, and, and see you know, over the next month who should play there. I think they need to make a decision now and go, right, you, you're you our man. You will be our the storm fullback for the remainder of this season, and let's just get on with it. What
0: about – and this is just a hot take. I don't know if I agree with it myself, but what about Munster back to one? Oh. Because we know how good he is there, and, like, yep. I understand – you know, you mean he's probably more suited in in regards to, like, your, your depth in the halves probably isn't the best, but at least you know what he can bring at one, you know?
1: Thoughts? Yep. Uh, I actually don't mind the idea. Ooh, I don't mind the idea. Whether whether I haven't had a chance to really think about that deeply and, and look at the, the players that are fit for the Storm and what that would look like for the rest of the lineup, like who goes then to six. Um, but I don't completely dislike the idea Mm. because I I just think like he is he is just a natural footballer Mm. and it's funny like even speaking with Billy Slater like one of the greatest fullbacks if not the greatest fullback to play our game certainly in the modern era he is listening to his comments about Cameron Munster when he goes to fullback like you don't even have to coach him yeah he just he just knows where he has to be both with the ball so he can find the ball, he can he can sniff out an opportunity, he can find space, he knows where he needs to position himself in around the ball players, but defensively is his, his big go. Mm. Like he just knows where to position himself on tackle five, um, working with his both his wingers with you know, his work in the backfield, like on kick reception, defending on the try line when to when to bring himself into the defensive line, when to stay out of it. It's just he's got this ability, this knack to be able to just know where to be. Um, at the right time. So I don't think it's the worst idea at all. Mm. It's just a matter of how does that affect, how does that then affect their attack in particular? Because,
0: like, in what, particular, what I'm thinking with the storm is, Kate, okay, if it's almost like if you, w- with the current injuries, you're like loading the halves too much in the sense that, like, y- you, if you have Munster and Hughes both in the halves like they're so good they could probably handle the halves by themselves and have just a solid six outside them and yep. I wonder whether if you went Hughes and you said look let's just pick a six it's a really good defender mm-hmm. and basically has a nice pass on him and yep. then you you've got Hughes that has enough flair enough flash to bring that to the game but Hughes and Munster at fullback is enough to get the job done you know you know what I'm kind of yep. saying
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you, mate. And and like I said, I I don't I don't dislike the idea at all mm. because of the quality of fullback that Cameron Munster is, mm. and particularly what he offers defensively. Mm. Like he can organise a line, as I said, he knows where to be at the right time. He knows how to position himself in the defensive line. He works well with his two wingers. You know, defending kicking games, particularly in the in the important games, like when you get to finals when you're playing against the the good kickers. Um, yeah, like it's. It's a big decision to make. And and I'll tell you, with with Cam Munster at fullback, it it certainly wouldn't be the worst one.
0: Yeah, I also like the fact, like, him bringing it back each time and starting your sets off really well. It gets you on the front foot, which I think that Melbourne Storm's footy is a lot of front foot footy, like high pace around the ruck. That would help. Um, Now, on to the south. Speaking of crazy fullbacks, (laughs) Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. His game the other week was absolutely incredible. And I think... Yeah. When you look at a bloke like Maeve for Rojan, he's the kind of guy that, let's say Queensland were putting his under the pump. He, you know, put New South Wales under the pump. And I know he had to rule himself out. But I think it was a real point for him to prove, like, in his mind, maybe it would have been a different story in game three if he was playing. Just to let people know that. Because after the game, he said, that number three New South Wales jersey, it's still mine. So clearly, yeah. he's a passionate New South Welshman. And that loss stung him. He comes out, plays the way he did. Is Latrell Mitchell enough? for the Rabbitohs to be premiership threats, or do you need to see a little bit more?
1: No, I think most definitely they are, because they're a completely different footy side with him in it. Mm. And you look at last year, and I know these are all what-ifs. Like you you mentioned the Game 3 origin. If he was playing, what if he was playing? Um, Look at the grand final last year. Mm. What if? Yeah. Yeah, you know, they went down by two points. Like, if he was playing, would that have been the difference? Mm. Possibly, but possibly not. Like, you, you just don't know until they're there. Mm. But certainly, if, if if we take a read over the last fortnight, he's made a huge difference. Not just him being in the side and his individual input, but the effect he's had on the players around him in particular. Mm. Um, they're, they're certainly a team that you shouldn't be writing off at no stage mm. with him fitting and, and playing each week. And look, if they continue this form, I think Demetrio
0: deserves a massive rap because it was four or five weeks ago, you're sitting there saying, you know, probably an unsatisfactory year by the Rabbitohs. They're Mm. currently sitting in a position where if if everything goes their way, they could even squeeze into the top five. They're currently seventh. They're on 22 points. They're a win away from the top four. So Storm are on 24 points. The Rabbitohs are on 22 points. So for Demetrio to lose, they lose Wayne Bennett, they lose Adam Reynolds, they lose Dane Gagai. For him to take this team after not having Latrell for the first half of the season, I think that's incredible by Demetrio if he can get that done. I honestly yep. think it's incredible. Um, and yeah, so, and it looked
1: like it looked like Penning stations only a few weeks ago, didn't it, mate? Absolutely. When they, played, when, they when they took on um, St. George and had 32 mm-hmm. put on him, he hooked Ilias. Yeah. Uh, he hooked Burgess in the, in the early stages of that match, and there was a lot, a lot of question marks uh, being sent towards the Rabbitohs, and that they were gone. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny that how one guy can can make a, a big difference. Mm.
0: Uh, now we are going to head to a break. After the break, we've still got the Bulldogs versus the Titans. And we've got the North Queensland Cowboys versus the Tigers. We'll see on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Make sure to follow us on Apple or Spotify, the Captain's Run. All you do is hit subscribe. Then you can listen to us anytime, anywhere. Also download the SEN app. If you're listening on AM radio, download the SEN app and you can listen to it in good, crystal clear digital radio. But let's get to the games. Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs versus the Gold Coast Titans. The Bulldogs' Josh Adakar has been named despite injury and will be monitored throughout the week. Adam Sh- uh, Aaron Shop is listed as 18th man as he looks to return from COVID. Jaden Campbell has been named on the bench for his first game since round 13. Skipper Tino Faso Malawi returns at lock, which sees Aaron Clark to the bench which means that Aaron Booth keeps his starting spot. I think this is a great win for the Titans. If seems like they've got a, a, an experienced nine to lead them around the park. I thought Aaron Clark was Titans' best last week. I actually wouldn't mind Aaron Clark staying at the starting 13 role and having a starting front row of Tino and Moi for a wake-up. But how do you see this game playing out, Smithy? I
1: reckon the Titans might win this one.
0: Oh, okay. I come mean, on, boys! I tell you what—you've backed Please. the Titans all year. They owe you big time. I know you've,
1: been, you've been riding them, oh, mate. I've been—I've been sticking with them through thick and thin. <laughs> and it's big Tino. He's up against Burton, mm. Kempy. Little rematch, mate. How I don't good think is that? I don't I don't think they'll come to blows like they did in Origin. Um, very different situation this one. But um, I tell you, I'm what, excited. I'm the... excited to see Jaden Campbell. Sorry, mate. Go.
0: I was going to say there's going to be some Bulldogs forwards. That was their little mate, oh, Burton. Oh. That's, uh, you reckon? T- I reckon they'll be. I mean, you know, you know, better than anyone, Smithy. Yeah. The forwards protect their halves at all costs, and and when the forwards are always told. I remember a little uh, story of my own. So, I was playing at the Dragons in reserve grade. wasn't playing very well, but I was playing, and the, basically, I got head high, and people would try to head behind me. Being like an NRL player coming back to reserve grade, and you know, being a smaller winger, and Mary Maguire. Uh, Mary, uh, the St George coach, he was the Illawarra Cutters coach at the time.
1: Mary McGregor.
0: McGregor, sorry. Um, anyway, so we did a video session, and he he pulled that up and he replayed it, and he absolutely gave it to our forward pack because no one went in there and with a bit of hoss oh, oh. didn't get in there quick enough. And really? So, yeah. So it's it's a good like a really good example that some like the the forwards are really tasked with protecting their smaller players. I don't know, Smithy, have yeah. you got an experience? They're protectors. With, mm. Absolutely. Yep. And so, so I wonder whether this Bulldogs packed has watched what happened to Burton and said, Tino, I'm coming for you. Vita Pangai Jr., I think he'll be hunting for someone. What do you reckon, Smithy?
1: Yeah, possibly. I, I think they might try and go after him a little bit. Um, but as we, we all know, um, and whether it, it's right or wrong, NRL is very different to Origins, so they mm. need to be careful. <laughs> <That> <laughs> they need true. to be careful. Anyone goes high or throws a punch and all that sort of stuff, they, they will be punished. It's uh, it's very different origin. But, um, yeah, they might send a little message to say, we weren't happy with the way you treated our man, Matty Burton. Anyway, Tino um, is, T- Tino's a big, strong boy. He'll oh, handle it.
0: He'll handle it all right. I love he'll Tino. He'll handle it. Mate, like, he's one of my favorite players. Seriously, love him. Uh, now, Cowboys versus the Tigers. I think the Cowboys are in for a big one. Maroon, uh, The Maroon yep. representatives, are Val Holmes, Dearden, Nanai, and Murray, Tawalangi, or a turn. Uh, Lucia Leilunard moves to the bench to... Take care of Nanai returning to the starting side. Tigers, James Roberts, and Nofaluma are listed among the reserves as they look to return from illness, while Brent Naden returns on the wing after four-game suspension. James Tarmouk, massive congratulations. Yeah, well done, Jimmy. 300, 300 games. games at prop.
1: Yeah, huge. Massive. Huge. And he's playing, he's playing against uh, the team where, well, it all started at North Queensland for him, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. There you go. That's, yeah. a, that's a nice way. I know it'd be nice to play it on his home dunghill, but... Um, Nice to be able to play it up at up at uh, Townsville.
0: Now, how do you see this game playing
1: out? Oh, I think it's I think it's all one way traffic. I think Cowboys they just they just get back on track now. I thought they were really unlucky against the Sharkies. Mm. A couple of little dodgy ones, mm, tough calls, dodgy a d- couple of dodgy calls went against them, and particularly the Tamalolo try oh, if they score there. If they is
0: that Probably one of the did? worst calls you've ever seen.
1: Uh, Mate, let's. I oh, don't want to get caught yeah, sorry, up on bro. that sorry, sort bro. of stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm allowed to say that because no one will pick it up. Whereas if Cameron Smith says it, it's everywhere. Uh, <laughs> sorry, oh, bro. It's not about, it's not about all that. I just, I just, I shake my head and just think, how do we get that wrong? Anyway, we move on. I think if Taulima scores there, I think Cowboys go on with it, but they didn't. Um, well done to the Sharkies, but. Um, I think they get their their winning ways back on track here at home. Um, I know it's a big match for Jimmy Tamo playing his three hundredth, but um, I think the cow, I think the cows will be too strong. Oh, they still... have to be. Like they're sitting second, they're thinking, "Mate, this is let's 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 lock in second spot." Yeah, I think
0: so. Lock it away. Huge opportunity. Huge opportunity. I'm yep. still laughing. I nearly walked into that. Sorry, Smithy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, no, I agree. I, I think the Cowboys. Toddy Payton will be at boys. We have an opportunity to lock that second place up. Mm. And for them to go from 15th to second, it'd be one of the great turnarounds. I cannot stress enough how impressed I am with Toddy Payton. Tigers, they showed some fight last week. Uh, Unfortunately, I just think it's going to be a a bit of a long year for them. I think they might get up energy-wise for Tamao, but the the Cowboys are just looking too, too good.
1: Can you, Kemper, can you believe, I think I think if, I'm, if I, memory serves me right, I think Todd Payton, he's got only 12 months left on his contract at Cowboys. Oh,
0: well, Man, lock him away. Lock him away. Lock him away. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to get to your text, so make sure to stay tuned. Welcome back to the captain's run. Another show done and dusted. Absolutely loved it, Smithy. Thanks, as always, uh, for for giving the people what they want, which is a bit of footy chat, bit of footy chat. We've got some text here. G'day, boys. Big shout out to the GOAT on unveiling of your stand at Amy Stadium. But don't feel mm. left out the beak. I can't wait to book the Kempy Penthouse at the Gambaro Hotel. Cheers, Jase. Yeah. How good. Uh, how, what was that like, just quickly, seeing the, the big Cam Smith stand come out? It was Oh, awesome. it was
1: awesome. No, it was good, mate. It was a good weekend, too, because it was Old Boys weekend. There was about 30 or 40 former Storm players down there, so it was nice to share that experience. Mm. First time I was able to really actually go and say thank you to all the fans and members of the Storm since I finished, so it was a good weekend. Mm, mate, uh, it, just seeing that the big Cam Smith, who would have thought, hey? Young fella from Logan
0: is Logan correct?
1: Yeah, Logan. Yeah, I got one over Billy too because he's got the northern stand. I got the eastern, so it's just a little bit bigger. A little bit bigger. Got him.
0: (laughs) There it is. There it is. Thanks, guys, for listening. You can download us on Apple and Spotify, or download the SEN app, and we'll see you next week.